What? Hey, wake up, man. What's wrong with you? Oh. Oh, shit, it's you. Hey, you should have been with me last night, man. You won't believe what happened. Oh, hey, man, I was on a UFO. I really was, man. Yeah, you never uh... tasted this before, man. Hey, try this, man. Uh... Try to blow your head off. Okay, I am number six, and this is TMP Live. I will be joined by TMP contributor Lisa Belanger in just a few moments. But until then, here's this week's monologue. If you walk into a store near you these days, you still might be able to find old signage from the pandemic. Feet on the floor to tell you where to stand. Maybe a fancy plastic divider or two. And a leftover people wearing masks at the end of 2023. One thing that you might pick up on from the stickers on the front door or the counter is that safety is the number one priority. I wouldn't argue that safety isn't important, but that safety is subjective and therefore can never be attained. But if you ignore that and continue to pursue it, every resource, you can see its effects on the bankrupt stores and the intellectually bankrupt people who bought into it with their lives. Breathe deep, Gimpy. That brain's going to need it. These places and that mindset was once a majority. Safety, being a matter of opinion, was the opinion on everyone's mind a few years ago. And for the first time in my life as a white guy from the suburbs, I felt what it was like to be truly discriminated against. Welcome, Lisa. <laughs> now, this was in what I was told was, quote unquote, my country. Well, if it were mine, none of that shit would have ever happened. And anyone that suggested it, would have been laughed out of the room. But fear, another subjective thing, is a powerful tool to achieve safety. At least for those in power, fear can be used to make you think of the starvation of you and your family if they didn't obey authority. Such threats will even break said families apart, divide them, pit them against one another. I felt that threat on more than one occasion these past several years. And I'm not going to forget it. 
the memory of the threat against me to become an experiment or starve, one aimed at me by the government of, again, my country, my job, and certain friends and family is what gives me imaginations of being locked out of the grocery store when I walk in one sometimes. When I see people still wearing masks, I sometimes let out a verbal, bring out the gimp, but they probably think I'm talking to someone in my earbuds or that it's Pride Month. Check the bakery for the rainbow thumbprint cookies. You hope that was a thumb. One thing that will stick longer than a vaccination um, is required to enter sticker is the automated checkout. Now, I don't want to seem lazy. I'll bag some groceries. But can I at least get something for my work instead of the facial recognition camera looking at me like a incel at cleavage? You know what? I, I, I retract that. Um, looking at me how pretty much everyone looks at cleavage. That's On that point, what you and I would do to scope some great cleavage, the self-checkout doesn't have the drive to do. At least if it's not programmed that way. Could you imagine if your big grocery store chain offered a discount for cleavage, but needed to be verified by cleavage recognition software? Now, how long until skinny women who have to fold them together, or some overweight men and former juice monkeys, and trans people start complaining? Not that there's anything inherently wrong with the differences that I pointed out there, but there are differences. And that becomes a problem. Because when you want to protect everyone by verifying something about them, you are inherently going to create different groups. Those that make it in, and those that don't. Dividing people by their characteristics is a human trait. It's an unavoidable problem for authority that yearns for simple solutions. Just one boot to the neck, not a thousand boots and millions of necks. It seeks the quickest and easiest way to show a benefit to its public. Anything to keep the mob at bay and to sail on the sea of government cheese another day. An authoritarian and technological reaction to the cleavage sale outrage would be to allow anyone to display cleavage for a discount, making us all the same, like men, women, and children too. Now it's gross, isn't it? I want things to be simple sometimes too, but they're not. I want authority figures in Western culture, which is the only one that I can barely understand, to have simple solutions that solve problems. But what I ask for in a joke is another man's fantasy to control who gets in and who's left out of the group. Instead of some asshole with a clipboard moving a velvet rope, if the technocratic authoritarian global elite wanted us out of this rat's maze, we would be. They have to teach the new robot dogs how to corral us first, though. The road to tyranny is soft on the feet, 
And that's this week's monologue. Drop a six in the chat if you feel me. Lisa, how are you feeling this week? <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> it's another Friday, so I'm going to look at it in a good way. But uh, yeah, six, that, that was heavy, man. That, I'm, fe <laughs> I'm feeling the weight on that one. <laughs> was that a boob joke? <laughs> Yeah, well, listen, <laughs> I had to throw only... something funny in that because it was just like, oh, this can get really dark. And then let's just, I mean, you can't, you can't go wrong. <laughs> well, can't let me tell wrong. you something. I wish cleavage were, <laughs> you know, I'd be, I'd be freaking a billionaire. For, that'd be, that would be wonderful. <laughs> I mean, it, it's, it, it is a currency, real, you know, regardless, you know, I mean, this, it, it's, it's something that gets uh, people through life. I'll just say, you know, both on both ends, on both ends, you know, just, you know, what, what get, guys would get you through that long day at work. You know, if you got something nice to come home to, you know what I'm saying? Something to build bridges and stadiums for <laughs> it's uh, you know, it's part of our drives. Like, I mean, Bernays throws that in, in your face. Yeah, that's that's one thing about um those those simple drives that we all have that where it was just like okay well well whenever that was like presented to me that that idea I'm just like yeah absolutely we're getting got milk from the from the crowd already oh yeah <laughs> I mean we all we all have those drives like and, and like the more that we deny it as human beings too like I think the more fucked up things get like you want you, I mean if you want people to decide how society is supposed to be run <laughs> and, and, and you're going to allow them to shape like our, whatever, um, mores or laws of our, of our culture. Um, they're going to use their technological tools these days to make it simple. They don't even want to use the calculator, right? They just want the machine to do the calculation for them. Um, present it to them on a little sheet, just like, well, just like orange Jesus, right? Wanted everything, want everything on one sheet, put it everything on one one simple page for me. I like big, big numbers, big graphs, things like that, lots of color, right? You know, <laughs> but just we we want it that way. We want like the authoritarian part of uh, I think the human being wants it that way. Nobody sets out for uh, like a plan and goes, Well, shit, I want this to get fucked up in like 17 different sections that I never even imagined jumping into nobody wants that now we realize that those of us that have lived life yes thank you Sadie. those of us that have lived life um understand that that happens though like it just it took me long enough to realize that you know any type of thing that when when it comes to like a simple solution that i'm asking for uh, i'm probably not going to get it so you know for me it just it it took a while <laughs> uh to set in that the complicated parts of life, you know, are, are some of the more beautiful parts of life. Um, when we talked to our friends last week, I mean, man, we had a fucking amazing conversation last week, folks. If you missed that, go back and watch the replays. Uh, we had Silas Guthier on from Silas Speaks. Fucking awesome channel. Um, can listen to that shit for hours, and I do. Um, and then also, uh, he had his uh, friends, um, well, I hope they're our new friends, too. Um, you know, we had... Uh, Guido, uh, Preparata, and then we also had uh, with us Seal or Zeal Berg, as he might be known as too. 
but uh yeah great great folks all uh and from all around the world it was interesting to have like a panel of like international um shit starters anarchists people like us you know thought-provoking people <laughs> uh quite a collection and um and i will say it was awesome uh having steve join us for that conversation too chris popped in for a little bit as well but he didn't get to hang as much for like the intellectual conversation he did uh, like a little news update on the story he was working on which is still fascinating to me i'm uh, posted all kinds of stuff about it this past week and everything and it's it's kind of you know especially from you know my perspective as somebody that grew up with a lot of music in my life like just having um the threat of the government being able to step in on in certain instances when people say things in song i immediately you know jump to a particular side now that side isn't always popular <laughs> because you you have to defend in many instances too but pretty much the indefensible all right um one of the bands that had a really big effect on me and it wasn't necessarily their music okay it was more or less like the just the shit that they pulled was guar um i'll reference i'll reference them a lot because they're just so provoking like there, there's nothing about them that's meant to just be like this is this is calming music this is something that's not supposed to make you think or you know it, it's so on the nose sometimes with its application that you just you're like come on okay like it's almost too simple but that's that's kind of what hurts about it um if you listen to songs like have you seen me <laughs> or cracking the egg like the, those those types of, of songs are, are meant to provoke um i fucking love that about guar um i love that about metal music i love that about art i mean if it doesn't i mean am wake up has a, a great intro um shout out to to randy uh from Soundwave there great fucking job but you know the the one clip of patrice o'neill when he's talking he's talking about 50 percent of the crowd needs to laugh i want the other 50 percent to be horrified like if you look at guar's first album unedited um had had the children's okay it had us it had a song on it lisa that was taken off that's how bad that song was okay <laughs> just to put it in perspective for you if the song's getting taken off the record and it's a guar record it has to be horrible okay this this guar song is called baby dick fuck all right now wow okay you, that, it, what a title now it should be trump's 2024 campaign slogan right but aside from that um it's just it's something that i mean if you you can find it on the internet and it's one of the things that as soon as i had access to the internet as a young hoodlum child um that i would look up and then giggle because it's just so fucking silly the lyrics but something like that that's just so heinously written and I mean that with all due respect to it. <laughs> Something that heinously written is meant to provoke a reaction out of you. And it's not to go send you to do the things that are described in that song. It's hard to explain to people 
let alone a fucking computer, Lisa. How do you put that in zeros and ones? One zero 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 one 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 zero one zero one. Like how how in the fuck do you explain to a computer the complexity of the fact that you can create something with meaning to it that affects other people and has meaning to them, but it's not the meaning that everyone else thinks that it might outside of that particular group or context or knowing. Does anyone know how to put that into an equation in the in the chat? There's just some smart motherfuckers in the chat. <laughs> anyone, anyone know how to put that together? Anyone ever watched Goodwill Hunting and like, you know, got the joke? Um, I mean, was it? I, I can't do that, Lisa. I mean, I, I might be able to explain some things sometimes that come out of my brain, but I, I can't fucking explain that to a computer. So I don't know how one would. And that's why we live in such a strange time because it doesn't know what to hit on. Like I just talked to another uh, researcher friend of ours that hopefully we can have on soon. Um, and I, I'm planning on that. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, I was talking to him and he, he was just talking about, well, you know, it's only a matter of time before getting kicked off of Twitter again. And then, you know, there's plenty of other accounts out there too. Like I bumped into some people, I think the other day, I think it was uh, Doom Mad Villain out there. Shout out to him. Um, you know, it, just saying that, yeah, I'm, limited time here myself and i had to share that i don't know if you remember lisa when i i posted a bunch of hot dog emojis on my fucking post got flagged okay like it's it's not a great yeah. algorithm it's, i guess that's you know why it's artificial intelligence and not organic intelligence right <laughs> i mean it's it's artificial artificial intelligence that we're also helping learn how we react to it that's that's kind of like the gross thing about any interaction with it um i had a really like i i and people send oh, people send me all kinds of things lisa um and i'm thankful for that i'm so thankful for that um it's it's really helpful with my understanding of things so when i come on this show that i have an idea at least of what i want to talk about or with the questions that i want to ask but I don't really get too like hyped up about the AI stuff, like taking over the world or destroying us. But Lisa, last night I listened to like maybe two minutes of a of a podcast that somebody put together with the voices of both Hulk Hogan and Gorilla Monsoon. Now the two problems I have with it are is that neither Hulk Hogan nor Gorilla Monsoon were recording this podcast. And Gorilla Monsoon has been dead for fucking years. Maybe like 20 years, more. He's been gone for a while. Um, But they had enough of their voices from all the previous, like, you know, interviews on WWF television, you know, all the stuff that I listened to growing up. So I can, like, almost recognize, and it's, it's kind of a fucked up trait, but you know, people that listen to music and really latch on to it may have this trait in the audience, um, where just something has that particular sound to it. You know, it's just hard to describe. But when something has a particular sound to it per that recording, like it's recognizable. Like you could wake me up in the middle of the night and play the beginning of Stevie Wonder's Superstition. Like that, the the as soon as the fucking drums start, like I know what song that is. I can feel what song that is. 
So it was so eerie being able to hear old clips that I've probably heard before. There's somewhere in like that part of my brain that I can't access. So they give me that one clear pill and then I can access everything. Oh no, that was a fucking movie or was it? Um, but you know, I, I can't access that stuff all the time, but when you're hearing it, that when you're experiencing it, God it is so fucking eerie. I did not get more than two minutes into it before I had to turn it off. And I can listen to some very challenging things as you know, Lisa, <laughs> like, I, if I could if I could suffer through some really abrasive um heavy metal <laughs> or or even podcasts that are just so poorly done for the information. Um I I could not get through more than a couple minutes of this shit. Um I should I should find it and post it so people can be as disgusted by it as I maybe. Um yeah, so check the source list for that. Maybe I, I don't even know if I want to even promote it. <laughs> that that's the kind of that's how that's how i feel about it lisa like a really yeah that's a double-edged really, sword for sure oh it was just it was it was so crazy because like when you listen to it it's hulk hogan's voice it is gorilla monsoon's voice they are saying real words the words that they're saying do make sense somewhat um but knowing that this is something that somebody can throw together and post up you know on youtube when I'm just trying to let my brain go late at night um, and watching stupid shit, maybe I shouldn't anymore. Maybe I should just read until I fall asleep or something like that. Uh, like some people do. Oh, fuck. Uh, I just, it, it's, I don't get creeped out often. Right. <laughs> and I, I sort of stay away from, you know, the, all the, the fear porn that's out there um, specifically to just keep more of a level head on a show like this, because also I don't want to be here like freaking out and losing my mind in, in front of people. I, I know that that gets clicks and some people really get into that vibe, Lisa, but that can't be our shtick. <laughs> I could, I couldn't maintain. <laughs> yeah. The, no, thank you. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll pass on that one. Yeah. So, oh man, we, we have, we have some answers to the equation <laughs> in the chat. Shout out to the chat. <laughs> oh i'm so happy that the am wake up crew is here joining us uh lisa uh we have some great people there uh let me check over at the tmp side of things we got some people watching over there thank you for being here um please share this up folks uh the algorithm <laughs> for whatever reason you know since we just took the past couple uh yeah <laughs> past couple moments to shit on it um, yeah, the algorithms of these things really don't like us. So we, we appreciate you liking the videos and sharing them up too. So, uh, but Lisa, let's jump into, uh, the first of this week's big four. And actually what's really cool about, uh, this whole thing was, is that I had something completely different planned <laughs> for this episode, um, to lead this off. Now I was going to use, uh, a story from our friend Ken Silva. But uh, this story um, was the one that I was originally going to use, and I'll explain what happened. So this is death to privacy. This is U.S. court allows cars to record driver text and call data. Now, I have long since used a smartphone connected to my car uh, stereo. I, I do this all the time. Um, I find it convenient because, well, I, I do like to drive 
And um, I don't want to be fucking around on my phone. So, I mean, I, I connect it. I mean, it makes it simple. And I listen to a lot of music, so I'm, I dig that too. But I do use the little voice-to-text thing when I'm driving, Lisa. I, I mean, I, it makes life easier for me because I'm not murdering people on the highway, potentially, uh, by using my phone. So, I mean, there are little other options that I can use where, you know, I can flip through things, but I'm still diverting my eyes and taking my hand off the wheel. So I, I do use that voice to text. Now, it's not always kind to me. Um, I do have a different type of vocabulary. So there is, uh, there's some interesting things, you know, said there sometimes for sure. And I do have to go back in and correct those at times as well. But, you know, when it, comes down to the use of this type of technology i I don't see anything wrong with the use of the technology it's what it's used for right like if you have just access to people's thoughts (laughs) okay um the closest thing to that would probably be what people text to one another like, if you're trying to develop a rationale for a motive and a murder, Lisa, or something like that, right? Go through the text messages. You see a whole bunch of, I'm going to kill you, bitch. <laughs> you know, that's it's pretty blatant. <laughs> yeah, that kind of sets the scene. Yeah. Here's the problem. How does one verify that you texted that? You know? Do you just take the authorities word for it that the text messages that you've been presented because i know text messages that have been presented to the public that have been fucked with in fact even recently to a a band that i i love like one of one of my favorite uh progressive metal bands i'm not going to get into the whole deal but text messages that were clearly fucked with And, and to make a certain point right to to make somebody look guilty to make somebody look out of character or to shape how people feel of that person or their character character assassination if you will i mean that could be done that could be done by simpletons not even like government officials right and people with access to all kinds of weird technology i mean if they could do deep fakes of fucking hulk hogan and gorilla monsoon like a whole half hour podcast of them talking about friends giving now i let it out now I let it out. Now people are going to look it up. Oh, God. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <sighs> Disregard that. Um, strict that from the record, as they say in the court, right? Yeah, everybody's going to just yeah, right. ignore forget. it. <laughs> yeah. Just ignore Remove it. Yeah. That. Remove that from your brain. <laughs> but this goes down to the evidence part, Lisa. This this ties into the music story that, that Chris is covering um, the, the past you know week or so, you know, with that 20-year-old uh, rapper. This has to do with so many of the other stories that we've covered from January 6th to, you know, just some of the other fed entrapment stories that we've covered. And we're going to talk about some fed entrapment, boy. But, I mean, how do you verify the evidence that they present you? I mean, you need you need people that are what? Subject matter experts? You need people you that are... Right? Tra- I mean, wh- how do you, you know, <laughs> the manipulation... Of the manipulation aspect is just it's mind numbing. Well, and the manipulation that can occur, like it is so easy. Like Lisa, back in the day, 
if you wanted me or maybe one of my other hoodlum friends to alter your fucking report card, we had you. We, we could do that. We could do that shit, okay? They could easily alter text messages as part of the record of what occurred. And I say they as and pretty much anybody. And I'm not talking about like the Illuminati. I'm talking about just like your local police department because they have a motive to cover up what the fuck actually occurred. And because they can. Yes. And nobody else is looking. Nobody else is going to question what they see. People can't and even they, already no question what they see in print. <laughs> because people are too scared, right? The, you know, nobody wants to pull back the doctor's mask and see that the doctor is a fucking alien that 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 drinks your human fluids. Like nobody wants, nobody wants that. <laughs> you know, like that, that's what uh, that, when you talk about that that horror movie reveal. Like nobody wants that. Everybody would rather just keep that mask there. It's like uh, we're coming up on the holidays already, so I'm going to be watching Scrooged again with Bill Murray, classic film. But there's okay, a point. that is that is come on that is a classic absolutely a classic that film, is, absolutely I mean and even more apropos just, today even more I I swear it gets better with age it's a fine fucking wine that movie it's really good um based on a classic of course the Dickens but uh, oh yeah I mean the 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 whole ability to even rationalize like what's real and isn't real in print is something that's a very complicated skill it's something that takes time you have to learn how to be critical and know how to critique things know know how to read certain sent sentences even to figure out what's subjective and, and objective in them what can be proven and what isn't proven what's taken See, for granted it takes time and energy um to for people to actually get context so yeah. um, that, well, that's and, the hard part is that people don't they don't they don't put in the time and energy needed to really understand the whole kid and caboodle. Yeah, I mean, and and people want simple, right? So, I mean, if you're if you're in a place like your car, and you think that you have a a, a right to that simplicity of being able to. Just say things out loud, like all the crazy metal songs that you listen to or whatever podcasts that you want coming up or whomever you want to call. Then you're giving that information away to a corporation. And we've seen as you know, as it's been the past several years, especially with the, all the public public, oh, I can't even say it because I want to vomit public private partnerships, i.e. fascism. Uh, that whenever you get that stuff up, like whenever you sign that document now, the internet of things has now jumped into your vehicle. It's inside of your cabin with you. How much longer you know until know? your facial recognition doesn't let you in the car? Because <laughs> you're not a good boy or girl or whatever you declare yourself to be. <laughs> right? What I would love to know from this article mm. <clears throat> is showing us to how this all even triggered, like how it came to be that it was revealed that this was going on. Mm. Well, let's see. Uh, this is from November 14th from our friend Ken Silva. 
and it's just a really creepy picture of uh, i can't even look at that oh god now there is that this reminds me of for everybody watching folks and for everybody listening it's just a disgusting picture of joe biden in a vehicle i don't know which one i don't want to i don't want to disparage the brand oh no it's it, it says underneath yeah that makes sense all right but um oh god it just reminds me of the album cover uh from, from cold chamber back in the day um with just like the creepy guy in the ice cream truck that's that's just perfect there i might have to do a thumbnail eventually with biden and the creepy ice cream truck makes total sense but in a ruling with grave implications it says for privacy an appeals court has upheld a lower court's decision to allow automobiles to record drivers calls and texts without their consent now last week's ruling from the ninth circuit upheld previous dismissals of class action lawsuits that are that were brought against honda toyota volkswagen and general motors now those lawsuits revealed that automobile software made by maryland-based berla corporation Hmm. Researchers out there, there's a name for you, Berla Corp, B-E-R-L-A, Corp, allows messages to be downloaded, but makes it impossible for vehicle owners to access such data. However, law enforcement can access the info. Let me read that to you again. Makes it impossible for vehicle owners, owners, should that... <laughs> what's that where is that term applying <laughs> so I, you're telling me I, I own something right but i can't see the data that it stores however my my vehicle can fucking snitch on me i'm not little, i'm not allowed to know lisa what my car knows and can be access can snitch on me. and can be accessed by a third party Okay, that that's that there's a problem there, right? And they have so, the ability to sell it to data brokers, so that way Spotify knows how you interact with its application. And, and all it goes, the other look, companies. It's more than too. just access, though, right? How, mm. what, what does access mean? We're not just oh. talking. I mean, I, it seems to me that it'd be more than probably just viewing, right? Yep, I mean, something you got to throw out there on a first date, right, Lisa? What does access mean? <laughs> <laughs> yep get it I in mean, writing get it in writing yes i mean if you can <laughs> i mean at least on a napkin but um the, you know there's been contract I've heard, I've heard there's been contracts uh that have been doctored like that where famous music artists have signed a fucking napkin lisa and then that napkin signature was used as like proof that there was a contract <laughs> Oh, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I'm sure shadier fucking but things. I would happen, trust that, but, but I would, I, 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 I that's organic. So I kind of, that to me is, uh, you know. Oh yeah, we never physically signed anything for these things, unless you look at the paperwork that you're physically signing at your dealership now. Um, and boy, has it ever gotten easier to get a vehicle these days, Lisa? Let me tell you, um, I'm totally being facetious there yeah it is fucking awful getting a newer vehicle these days um i i don't even know what the fuck that the the car salesman even do because there's no cars lisa there's no cars like the fact that it used to be that you could just you could walk down the street and somebody will just have like what we call a hoopty 
you you can get a car for like 500 bucks back in the day and just run it for a couple months until it fell apart but that was better than getting a new car <laughs> and paying all that money for one i mean fuck i think john henry traded a snowboard one time for a car yeah yeah that was him <laughs> john henry always makes out in deals though He's amazing. Wow. He could be Shout on. He's Henry. had that great show about how uh, people traded up from, you know, something very simple. And uh, after, you know, lots of transactions to a bigger, you know, bigger item. Oh, and, and Pit My Ride, too. Uh, that was another one. <laughs> but just, you know, the, nowadays you can't, you can't even find yourself in a vehicle because, I mean, there's very few of them. People accept whatever the fuck that they want. Um, and and this uh, this Internet of Things, what's happening to the the user interface of a car, the, the driving experience of a car is completely different. Laws now help shape people into that pattern of behavior, though. Like it didn't start. It, well, I mean, I don't know if it just I don't know exactly where it started, but. You know, let's just say like the seatbelt laws, for instance. Now, there are stories that I've heard where the seatbelts have been responsible for injury or death. Um, I can think of uh, the drummer for Def Leppard there, where the seatbelt, I think, tore off his arm. If I'm not mistaken. I mean, I those things, pretty hard to verify sometimes, but um, I don't know. It, it's, I guess you're more likely to survive a crash if you're wearing a seatbelt but it depends on the situation and those situations are complicated like i don't even know if they should be decided by an advanced ai program let alone a stupid fucking law that doesn't understand or provide context or even provide what to do in those specific situations isn't that something else too lisa that you found in law where it just like it didn't plan for this shit <laughs> it, it 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 had maybe a good intention but it didn't plan on this situation or that situation so it doesn't know what to do i mean and shouldn't you like as in life just like kind of fall back on some more basic principles there of like you know individual freedoms or certain I was rights but... say, completely eliminates autonomy right i mean the, well, it... the most fundamental most fundamental thing you can have but it just it also i i guess what what it also does is is that it creates an authority figure that has to decide right like a judge has to decide then subjectively not objectively like that's that's the part that's the part where it's just i think it falls apart logically well, when judges decide who gets to live and die, right? Yeah. One, one guy, one woman in a black robe, right? Lisa, that is honestly, and 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 you've had a lot of influence in this too. So thank you. But it's really, really changed my thoughts and feelings on the death penalty. Now, there are plenty of people that out that out there that probably would get my vote on it, right? <laughs> But it's also um, something that, I, do I want to give a judge in a black robe that ability over me? I, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't bet on him, Lisa. Okay. 
if it came down to it and I was innocent and appearing before a court and that court was trying to hang me, I wouldn't put it on the fucking judge. Therefore, well, I'm, even, I'm not big on the death penalty, you know, not, not being executed by the state, at least. I, I, how about even just a civil context in terms of um, medical issues, you know? Uh, oh, yeah. And this it's just the way that right? the civil decisions could, are made too. like just fucking ridiculous. Like the civil, the civil court. I mean, and its because, because it's going to cost too much for the, you know, for the hospital, you know, they get to pull the plug, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah, that's, that's, that's your private, that's your private business there. <laughs> that that's, that's what, uh, that's what the conservatives will fall back on. Oh, we have the, some of the best healthcare in the world. Yeah. Until they shut you down until they, until they pull the plug on you. And so it's, uh, yeah, it's the best, it's the best system in the world. It's the best constitution. Yeah. Rub it on yourself. Yeah. And so and so it tells you that you your family member can no longer be in your home and they pull the plug <laughs> until that happens. And we're going to talk about that next week for an hour. We're going to we're going to be talking to some people now. Um, I, I've been trying to set aside a little bit of time on these shows uh, every couple of weeks, maybe to talk about something that hits a little bit more down home for folks, Lisa. And uh, we're, we're going to do that with our, our uh, friend Cynthia Miss Missed probably watching that. Sorry, sorry, Cynthia. But um, we're going to talk to her about her her battle with guardianship, and in her case. And uh, thank you, Lisa, for putting me onto that story. Um, it's just one of those things where um, you read it and then you immediately want to go and do something cathartic. <laughs> I'll just say that. Um, so it's going to be it's going to be great hearing from someone like that that's going through those things so that they can tell people out there that if this starts happening if you start to recognize this happening in your family that maybe we can call people to action to take action against it um i think that that's probably the best course of course of action lisa because as we've found um trying to get justice for these things retroactively trying to get it through the civil court system good luck <laughs> um <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah. Getting the yeah, government yeah, to, to you know admit fault, <laughs> getting getting the people that were responsible for it, that are in the position of power to decide whether or not it was right or wrong to admit fault. <laughs> getting lawyers to actually want to um fight for you. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh it's it's an absurd, absurd and grotesque system. And um you know, just as other things that we, um, you know, the, the other third rail topics that they don't want us talking about that we're allowed to talk about on shows like this, Lisa, that's that's one of them that needs covered. So we're we're going to start uh, going after guardianship and the way that that works around the world, too. It is not just a U.S. It's not a white or black. It's not a rich or poor thing. It's everybody, baby. Everybody. Um, everybody's got a family. So if, if you're trying to look out for family, which I hope the fuck that you are, I, I mean, I know there's situations where you probably shouldn't even mess with your family because they're bad for you, but for the rest of us, um, if you're looking out for your folks, this is definitely going to be one that you're going to want to pay attention to. So, but now with, uh, that being said, let's, uh, let's switch gears a little bit here and move on to, 
what I'm going to consider the first of the big four here because I started with this article because I wanted to go into all these different privacy issues when it comes to public and private, who gets access to what, where your information goes, and what you have to consent to in order to be part of the system. But then something a little bit more like I was just talking about, something a little bit more closer to home hit with me. Um, and it was this story. Um, now, I got a tip from a listener about this story, and I was able to flag it for our friend. Um, and no, I didn't say the other thing, people in the chat. Those are Shapiro's now. But uh, no, I, I flagged it uh, for our friend Ken Silva over at Headline USA, and he put this together. and It's fucking awesome. Go check it out. But this is undercover BLM agents, and that's not Black Lives Matter. That's Bureau of Land Management before everybody gets fucking confused, because trust me. We're all used to seeing that in a different context. But undercover BLM agents hounded homeless family and shot wheelchair-bound man in Idaho forest. Now, Lisa, I'm sure you can remember back when we had our good buddy uh, Jeff Fenton on uh, who told us about what was going on in Tennessee. At the time, they were trying to pass laws against homelessness. We've talked numerous times about how people are getting kicked out of their homes because of COVID and COVID policies. And everything that occurred, you know, financially and just culturally because of that. Well, here's another consequence of all of that. And it's a horrible one. Um, it says in quotes here, the government's conduct here is, and I believe this is from the um, person's attorney that was afflicted here by our government. It says the government's conduct here is unconscionable and it cannot be excused in a civil society. Now, just throwing out the little graphic content warning. I put it in the description for a reason, folks, but um, there it is. It says a wheelchair-bound man was shot and paralyzed by undercover Bureau of Land Management agents earlier this year. Now, this was uh, a photo taken from legal documents from the man's lawyers. Now, it says from our friend Ken Silva, it says a family evicted amidst the COVID-19 pandemic left homeless and scrounging for its life in the Idaho wilderness where they would be hunted down by undercover federal agents. Now, it sounds like a nightmare about the Great Reset. And for Brooks Roberts and his family, it's reality. The Roberts family had been living out of travel campers. And we've talked to people from the West Coast that are kind of used to seeing this now. But they had been living out of travel campers on Idaho federal land. Oh, that makes sense. Idaho federal land? Okay. So since they lost their home in 2020, like I'm sure a lot of people did. Now, according to Robert's attorneys, during that time, Judy Roberts lost a foot to frostbite in the winter of 2021-22. Now, that is fucking terrible. Um, those of you that ever had to suffer from frostbite, it sucks. Um, I've had friends that have had to deal with that. People have passed out in the snow. I was saved from it one time by a good friend. Shout out to that guy if he's listening. Um, yeah, don't drink and pass out in the snow, folks. Not a great idea. Reasons why I don't drink. Uh, while Brooks severely injured his leg at his Walmart job. Now, how many other people, too, during the pandemic, picking up extra jobs, going to be part of the essential worker crew? 
This guy goes to work, gets his leg busted there, which I'm sure he's you know, getting well taken care of by Walmart because they take great care of their people, right? Yeah. Um, and needed a wheelchair since June of 2022. So, so far, off to a great start, right, Lisa? Live, live in just their best life. Now, the family was getting assistance from a local nonprofit. It doesn't share that nonprofit, but shout out to them. If there's any type of fucking solution, I guess. But the federal government was hounding them throughout that time to leave the public land. Public land. Head scratch. Now, rather than work with the Robertses and their social worker and attorneys to help them recover from the hardship the pandemic had wrought on their lives, again, instead of making the situation better, the Forest Service, and how much money would it have taken to make that situation better, by the way? Probably not a lot. The Forest Service and Bureau of Land Management collaborated to trick the family, said the lawyers. Uh, who are seeking a $50 million uh, damage suit from the U.S. Forest Service and Bureau of Land Management. Now, it says here in quotes, the massive force they marshaled to arrest Mr. Roberts, camping for a period longer than allowed and occupying a developed recreation site for other, other than recreation purposes, was an outrageous and reckless violation of human rights and common sense. And here's why. More than 12 undercover feds were involved, the lawyer said. Footage of the May 19th incident can be seen here. Now, I'm not going to play this right now. Just for everybody. It's going to be in this week's source list. You all can go and watch. But it says, according to Roberts's lawyers, the undercover feds lured his brother to them by asking for his help to jumpstart their truck. Now, already, you son of a bitch, whoever made that fucking decision. Now, it also says the government knew Mr. Roberts and his family would help a stranger. Hmm. Profile. And it says, exploiting the family's kindness and charity, the Forest Service sent two plainclothes officers. That's important to the Roberts's door to ask for a jump for their truck, the lawyer said. This is like clockwork orange. <laughs> okay? Oh, our car broke down. Singing in the rain. Not long after Mr. Roberts' brother came out to help get the truck started, the plainclothes officers forcibly took him to the ground. Now, Roberts, hearing his brother's cries for help, now, again, this is a kind of, you know, what would you do situation, isn't it, Lisa? Wheeled out in his wheelchair, because, yes, he's in that state, to find what he thought his, what his brother being carjacked or robbed, his lawyer said. Because, again, these are plainclothes officers that didn't announce themselves. And as he approached his brother to save him, Officers, we still have to call them, saw the 22 revolver Roberts was legally carrying. Now, 22 can kill you. 
All right. It is. It is a deadly weapon when used by the right person. Legally but, carrying. But he, and he was also legally carrying it. And they opened fire on him. Let's see if there'll be a Bruce Springsteen song about this one. Personally, I'd rather have uh, Chris from Rancast uh, do screams on a song about it instead. But it says, over five long seconds, at least two officers repeatedly shot Mr. Roberts. They shot him in the back when he was defenseless and immobile, the lawyer said. Now, even after Mr. Roberts lie prostrate and bleeding into the dirt, his hands empty after he dropped the gun several feet away from him, once he realized police were present, law enforcement continued to fire at Mr. Roberts' broken body. Now, adding insult to injury, understatement, uh, Roberts was charged with a handful of misdemeanors for camping longer than allowed on Bureau of Land Management land and leaving trash there. Now, I don't like people that litter. Is this not overstepping? Um, it says that Robert struck oh, fuck. It says that Robert struck a plea deal in September. Oh, representation, Lisa. You know what I'm saying? Agreeing this, to plead this guilty. This one is hard for me, man. This is this is uh, I'm, I'm having a tough time with this. Yeah. This is where I think people would like not get the point, Lisa, you know, about the plea deals. Is that when you do that, it locks away certain information of what they can expose about how fucking corrupt this was. How fucking corrupt this was. Now it says that Robert struck a plea deal in September, agreeing to plead guilty to improperly disposing garbage on BLM land and uh, again, Bureau of Land Management. Uh, illegally occupying a recreation site. He's set to be sentenced on January 4th and should get time served plus three years of unsupervised probation for his deal with the government. Looking out for him. Protect him. His lawyers have filed their $50 million injury claim directly with the Forest Service. They said that they'll file a lawsuit if the government doesn't address their claim to their liking. But uh, it says Mr. Roberts is still in the hospital. He's paralyzed from the chest down and with limited use of his right arm. His prognosis is guarded, and he will likely never recover the use of his lower body, which means he cannot control his bowels and requires a diaper. And his recovery will be slow and difficult. It says, uh, last quote, he will carry the harm done to him for the rest of his life. And back to that from the top, the government's conduct here is unconscionable and it cannot be excused in a civil society. Well, that last little part leaves a question for me. What the fuck is left with, of civil society? <laughs> like, if, if this is what we're dealing with is, as far as like authority and like it, it's it's so kind of crazy that I, it just in random conversation with Fritz Springmeier on Sunday, we started talking about Teddy Roosevelt and, you know, just like the, the 
huge federal land grabs that that Teddy did, you know, for our behalf. And even even Fritz is like, yeah, there was some positive things and benefits that came out of it. Yeah, on on objectively, right? There has to be some good that comes out of it. What's the bad though? I mean, if we're gonna have federal land set aside for pictures, for for preservation, for conservativism, you know, conservatism, real conservatism, you know, of of of, of land and natural resources, um, do we? Does that hold precedent over life? Does that hold precedent over people that are getting kicked out of their apartments because they don't want a vax mandate? You know, that, that they don't they won't take the shots if forced to, so they'll lose their jobs. Um, the people that would be shut out if they don't want to support an apartheid state that don't want to go to war. What, what other dividing lines could they draw, Lisa, to put any one of us in this situation? They can now go into our car's text messages to see how we fucking think. They know who we are. They profile us. They know that we'll answer the door because we're nice people. Not fucking vampires. Ability to fabricate. Oh, yeah. And the ability to make up evidence if they want to, which nobody can really seek or verify. <laughs> And of which evidence that mostly won't even be presented because you will uh, work with the defense counsel uh, to uh, have people accept plea deals so they don't even have to exchange any information with the public at all. Like nothing has to be disclosed then. It's just a web. It's just a web that protects other people. And it ain't us. (laughs) Going back to that good old uh, prisoner episode Gard and I always talk about. Man, really is. It really is a crazy web. Protect other people. This is this is what we get. You want federal land? Who's going to make sure that it's federal land? Does that take precedent over the homeless? To the people that are clearly stricken by policies and things that the federal government itself put upon them. The federal government created the situation these fucking people were in in the first place, Lisa. They also prop up the Walmarts that these types of persons have to go and work for until they, you know, get brutally injured by a pallet jack or something like that, right? The carts tip over on their leg. That could happen to any of one of us in our lifetimes. A lot of the jobs that I've worked at, a lot of the jobs that other people I know have worked at, hell, I've had friends that have been hurt at work. It ain't great. It ain't great. I mean, besides the pain and the everlasting, you know, uh, uh, side effects, you know, from from whatever type of injury that you're dealing with there, the financial harm, the that pressing feeling of having to be productive, even, and that you can't be. Just knowing that I, I, you know, I could go from being able to lift a considerable amount of weight for a man my size at one point to not being able to lift a gallon of milk after a surgery, that'll, that'll teach you some humility. Being physically broken, being vulnerable, really made me consider how I feel about guns. Because shit, 
I couldn't wrestle a fucking cat off of my lap, <laughs> let alone, you know, defend myself in a physical fight. So if I wanted to feel safe and protect myself, which I believe is my right, I'd probably say strapped. If I were in this guy's position, living out in the fucking wilderness, in a camper, in a camper that sucks so bad that people get frostbite and lose a fucking foot, yeah, I'm staying strapped. And legally, too. This guy even abided by that. Now, I'll have people probably tell me that this guy should have maybe fired a warning shot, you know. <laughs> Lisa, they got, you, they got your family on the ground. They're undeclared. They're in plain clothes, and they're strapped. You wasting your time firing a fucking warning shot? <laughs> or are you just, you know, <laughs> you making sure that you got a good, you know, a good range? A good eye on you know, you know right i mean complete <laughs> talk about needing to put perspective as to objectivity i mean clearly there was no indication that they <laughs> that they were the police and there's going to be no criminal charges against these pricks I didn't see that anywhere in the article, did you? I mean, I didn't see anywhere. I mean, there's there's going to be a civil suit. That's great. Where's that money come from? Printer goes burr. Well, here's the problem. Um, especially when when you uh when they force a plea deal, they're going to say, "Look, he admitted to wrongdoing, right?" So it, it's sort of a way for them to absolve their their liability by extorting such a such a crap deal yeah i'm getting some feedback from the chat right now too about the story here <laughs> um yeah it's uh it, it's for those that are catching up here, we, we were just talking about a story here from our friend Ken Silva. Uh, this is uh, undercover BLM agents hounded homeless uh, family and shot wheelchair-bound man in Idaho forest. Now, this is uh, a type of story where you know I want to I want to take this now, Lisa, into a different direction. When you talk about what it takes to get people to situations like this, often they are warrants that allow people to come to your door uh these warrants have been um used to do all sorts of other things though not just to your door but into every other aspect of your life so i'm going to uh pull this one up next now this but is the next let me just say but think oh, about this the fact the fact that they had to even come up with some kind of ploy right oh absolutely yeah, the fact that they the had to go and tell them and lie to them. Yep. The whole initiated thing initiated on a lie. From, from deception. Yep. Yep. Initiated on deception. And, and just like, even if you give them, you know, everything for granted that they had the right to go and evict these people from what's called a public land, the, the whole idea of the action that they took 
from start to finish was wrong. Like sending armed people there to do it, um, escalating the situation the way they did by forcing the man to the ground. None of that made any sense. None of that made any sense. And in fact, the scary part of it for me, and I almost forgot to bring it up, Lisa, so thank you before uh, we moved on to, to bring up your point was, is that the scary thing of it for me is if it weren't for that body cam footage, Lisa, what would we be looking at? Would I even have known that this story existed? Or would it have been just another statistic of, you know, the few of us versus the, the many of the federal government in these instances? I just... Can you uh, imagine? Can you imagine if that, if that video didn't exist? I mean, that, that, that would just... No words. Just no words. Like, that's what I'm talking about in the paradox of calling for safety or surveillance, even protecting us, Lisa, from the system. We're asking for more surveillance. It's a sick trap. It's a really, really sick trap. Um, I hope that we can eventually find our way out of it as a culture. I don't, I don't see the technology making it any easier to make our way out of it, though. Like, I see the technology as what will lull us into it. And uh, that technology also uh, coming to us from many places, uh, including our own government that uses it for uh, things. Oh, that's the wrong one. I'm pulling up the other one right now here. If you ever get those little, you have to subscribe to this to read these article th things, folks. Um, you don't have to. <laughs> you can if you want. Uh, but for Wired, nah. Uh, so this is uh, archive today's uh, not today's uh, version of it. This is ooh, let me shrink that a little bit. They blew it up for us. Thank you, archive today. Yeah, you know we don't like in glaucoma mode here. All right. So this says Asian Americans raise alarm over chilling effects of Section 702 surveillance program. It says more than 60 groups advocating for Asian American and Pacific Islander communities are pushing the U.S. Congress to reform the Section 702 surveillance program as Senate leaders move to renew it. There is a picture of fucking Chuck Schumer, I'm sure, just trying to hold a fart in. But it says uh, dozens of prominent Asian American groups are asking United States lawmakers this morning to hold fast in the face of an anticipated campaign by congressional leaders to extend the Section 702 surveillance program by securing it like a rider to another must-pass bill. Now it says 63 groups across the country representing and allied with Asian American and Pacific Islander communities have signed a letter of strong opposition to any short-term extension of the 702 program. Surveillance, the groups say. That is almost certainly impacting Asian Americans at a disproportionate rate. Now, this is what you get, right? You create a division. You create a different group. The way that the technology applies the logic cannot be as complex as ours because you didn't program it that way to do so. There's a reason why I'm bringing that up here. Wired first reported last week on an effort underway by U.S. Senate leaders to extend the 702 program, which is slated to expire at the end of the year. 
but may continue until April under the program's transition procedures. Yikes. Emails from Wired requesting comment from the Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer have gone unanswered since Friday. And by the way, I heard from a listener, and I didn't really look into this because I, I can honestly give, give that much of a fuck, but I'll still throw it out there. Um, I heard that The Rock is meeting with Chuck Schumer. The Rock being part of one of the most famous Pacific Islander families that I could fucking think of in history. Yeah, I guess just ignore all that. It's okay, Rock. Just go ahead and do your political thing, I guess, because that's what idiocracy called for. So um, it says also Section 702 and related surveillance authorities have been misused, you don't say, uh, to spy on Americans, including but not limited to protesters, journalists, hmm. campaign donors, and members of Congress, says the letter. Signed by the National Council of Asian Pacific Americans, the Sikh Coalition, uh, Asian Americans Advancing Justice, and the Stop AAPI Hate Coalition, whew, among dozens of other groups. The consequences of unlawful surveillance have had a devastating toll on Asian Americans, they say, and on people's careers, livelihoods, and reputations. Demanding the 702 program be pursued through standalone legislation and open to debate, the letter says a short-term fix would alienate lawmakers already open to salvaging the program, albeit with heavily favored reforms. Renewing the program with a last-minute amendment tucked into a bill the government can't function without would only serve to undermine the democratic process, the group say, and imperil the long-term viability of Section 702. And in quotes, it says, there are a lot of folks who are really worried, says Andy Wong. Couldn't find a guy that didn't have the last name Wong here to be the, oh, okay. I'm just, fuck it. Uh, managing director of advocacy at Stop AAPI Hate. Oh, the more letters, I guess you add, the more it makes sense. Uh, a coalition of community-based groups. The impact of government surveillance on the broader Asian American community, he says, runs deep. Whether it's traveling or communicating with their loved ones or doing anything abroad, even if it's completely innocuous, all of this surveillance has a chilling effect. It also says in quotes, approximately two-thirds of Asian Americans are immigrants, says Johanna or Johanna, Joanna, uh Quang Jing Derman, okay, uh, a program director, not Wong. At Asian Americans Advancing Justice, the civil engagement and civil rights nonprofit, we are more likely to have a family to have family and friends and business associates abroad. And as a result, Asian Americans are likely to be overrepresented in all the data that Section 702 enables the government to collect. Now it says the 702 program is used by the US National Security Agency or NSA. Ah, to target the electronic communications of hundreds of thousands of foreigners each year. Now, the program, which works to gather intel, it says, it says, for counterterrorism, espionage, and cyber defense investigations, relies on the compulsory assistance. Relies on the compulsory assistance 
of U.S. telecom providers. Oh, isn't that a great way to put that? Isn't that a great way to put that in your article, Wired? What the fuck does that mean? Does that mean it's just they call up the just like I had this argument with a friend a long time ago. Actually, somebody I'm not really friends with anymore because kind of a cunt. But um, the argument was about that over in China, they don't need a fucking warrant necessarily. I mean, if if, they, if any comp, if any company was like, you know, giving the Chinese government the the CCP, you know, Xi Jinping's whole deal, Winnie the Pooh, that guy, giving them any shit about warrants or rights, they just fucking fax one to you in the next couple minutes. They got what they need. If they're coming after you, they're coming after you over there. And I thought that was pretty frightening because it is. But then when it comes to us over here, it's just like, whoa, man, we got that constitution. That thing's going to protect us. Hold it up in front of them when they come to your door. Sure. Now, with that being said, U.S. telecom providers are allowed to just give their assistance away to the government if they want to. Face down, ass up, in the dirt, doesn't matter. Ludicrous songs, okay? They do anything that they want to the, for the government. Now, the power granted on a year-by-year -year basis, though, is uh, certified, it says, by a secret court. Makes even more sense, doesn't it? <laughs> not only do this, not only do this to violate everyone's Fourth Amendment rights, if they want to, just at a whim. But then on top of that, just have it certified by a secret court on top of that. Why, why not? Why the fuck not? So now it also says, despite the government's avowed efforts not to intercept and store Americans' internet communications in bulk, <laughs> the NSA is known to capture significant volumes of domestic calls, texts, and emails between Americans and OTAN people overseas. So... They gets it anyways. Has there anything ever been, has ever, if ever, anything ever been done about this problem since it's been admitted to? Like, I, I remember that clip of Clapper. How fucking old is that clip of Clapper? Clipper, Clapper. Clap on, clap off. Um, how, how old is that clip? Like 10 years old when he admitted that the NSA doesn't, it doesn't knowingly or wittingly um, gather all of this type of shit, but they do. Have we audited, audited them since to prove that they don't? <laughs> Point it out to me if it has been done. I don't believe it has. But it says the law, as it is, does little to prevent federal agents from dredging up the content of those calls or messages later without a warrant. Without one. So they don't even need that. So what protections do we have again? No, it says for reasons often irrelevant to why they were captured in the first place. So that means that they don't even need probable cause. They don't even need to claim that they smelled weed in the car. They can just go into the car now. Okay? Some of us might be familiar with that. Now it says on Monday, another letter directed at Senator Majority uh, Leader Chuck Schumer was signed by more than 20 civil liberties groups that are likewise opposed to any attempt to prolong 702 surveillance, which falls under the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act, FISA. Ooh, heard a lot about those the past several years too, politically. It says, by linking its fate to a spending bill, 
that will inevitably uh, that will be inevitably negotiated at a high level with little or no opportunity for amendment once it reaches the House or Senate floor. So we're getting it regardless if we want it anyway. Yes. Do you want to be brought on? AM wake up channel added to the thing. Use the yes. Boom. We got you. Welcome, Steve. What up, buddy? Yeah. What up, man? <laughs> Thanks Happy, for jumping in. <laughs> for sure. Happy Friday. Happy fucking Friday, man. So, um, I don't know if you've been able to listen in for the past several moments, but uh, we were just covering how, believe it or not, mass surveillance um, targets minorities. Um, it, it targets the, the vulnerable demographics, the all sacred protected demographics, even. Gosh, 50 years after COINTEL Pro, I find that hard to believe, Six. <laughs> and now they want into your dash cam. Now they want into your text messages and everything yeah, I, that you I tell the radio that. to play. Mm -hmm. I saw that. And I it brought to mind uh, the Vault 7 release that WikiLeaks dropped in 2017, mm -hmm. uh, where it was disclosing the CIA's suite of hacking tools and oh, yeah. their ability to access... And when you say hacking gathering. tools, just to be clear, those are the built-in backdoors that private "quote unquote" industries allow government to. No, no, uh, no, no, no. Use? It's it's uh, it, not just the backdoors, but the there's uh, all sorts of. You uh, heard it, folks. Not just the backdoors. No, there's all sorts of programs. There have been a number of deep dives on companies like the NSO Group and others that offer various different programs and devices that uh, law enforcement agencies, intelligence agencies, and corporate espionage actors uh, can purchase in order to help them access previously protected information. Well, and how else are they supposed to protect us from those damn blue-collar tweakers? Right. They already, they already run this town, man. They do. They do. I heard it before. I've, I've heard that. Mm -hmm. Um. <laughs> but I, look that so okay point being the the vault 7 release talked about like the ability to access uh onboard navigational systems and computer ecu the ecu in a car and basically anything let us know that you know if you didn't already at that point anything with a wi-fi signal anything with a bluetooth signal can be used against you um, and it can be remotely taken control of. So whatever that means, to whatever extent that means, Michael Hastings, uh, oh, yeah. incorporate that into what you now know about, you know, your your text messages being read or the all of a sudden you get pulled over because your car informed local constabulary that you were texting and driving. Oh, our friend Gar Goldsmith talked to a guy named Eric Peters about uh, kill switches being mm -hmm. activated now in cars. So they don't even have to, like, send a cop after you. They just shut your shit down. And I'll tell you what. I mean, I had a situation up by where I'm from where a guy you know, was being chased by police on Thanksgiving and wrecked into a family's car and killed the family. Fucking killed him. 
running from the cops, probably over some drug shit. And just that kind of fucking story, man, that if you if you would have presented that to me and the emotional state that I was in probably after hearing that, I'd be like, yeah, that sounds like a pretty good idea. Why wouldn't they just be able to hit a button and stop that guy's car before he murdered that family on Thanksgiving? You know, I mean, I just I see the appeal. I see the emotion, the appeal to emotion. It it get a lot of people. And that's why I see so many like tragedies being exploited by media and how it rolls into um, you know, future surveillance, future technologies taking over certain things because we desire for 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 order, for simplification, uh, just that comfort of feeling of knowing what you know, what's predictable, even. But that's a trap, man. That's a terrible trap. And and for people that are exploitative, for people that are uh, authoritarian and or even psychotic. <laughs> they often do even what even better <laughs> at doing this where they can shape and mold and what happens not only just to people but also society because of terror like this well yeah and it's it's one of those things where it, once that that mentality takes root then all you're going to do is encourage a system where the most psychotic the most vindictive the most ruthless are rewarded and i think we have a lot of that do we have that to a degree now we have that to a degree now but i think that for the public face of government the pr firm that that what we call our our uh house of representatives and senate um the public relations firm for the oligarchy that they are i think incompetence is being rewarded far more than ruthlessness because you need an incompetent pr face in order to sort of dismiss the true nefarious nature of the permanent state Oh, yeah, you couldn't possibly take those clowns seriously. So why should you pay attention? In fact, why should you show up to vote? Why should you do anything civilly, right? And that's that's, a fair point. that's that's the black pill. That's the black pill that I think a lot of people eventually take. Like, I, fuck, I, I, I fuck with plenty of people that will probably tell me the very same thing. Like, I don't trust those clowns to do shit. I don't trust them to do anything good or bad. I mean, so why should I involve myself? But then, you know, it, it gets to a certain point, though, where, you know, if they come knocking on your door, though, like I feel that I, I fell prey to this a lot in my life, especially for like at, at least a point of about 10 years where I just switched off from like anything political online. I wasn't debating people over shit on, on, on the internet. I wasn't taken to trolls on Facebook like certain people like to do and, and back in the day. But, you know, I, I disengaged and I thought that that would give me a better life. And then it ended up giving me a society where I didn't, it, it would not recognize me and I could not recognize it. I mean, come to 2021, hearing from my president that I'm going to have to take a shot or else I don't get to work. Like, that was like, okay, that you, you call up your family and they're like, well, you got to do what you got to do. And I'm like, what, what do you mean? <laughs> like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be out on the street. Like, there's no way I'm doing that. I'm not, I'm not giving that part of myself up. Like not to a government, not to people, not to these clowns that nobody trusts, right? Then everybody tell me that all my life. Oh, don't take too seriously. Oh, you take that too seriously. You should focus on something else. Well, where did that get me? 
other than the stormtroopers, you know, basically at my front door at one point, you know, and, and until the, until the uh, judicial supremacy of our crazy fucking system that, you know, we might as well slaughter goats in the middle of the fucking uh, thing at this point. Right. Um, that uh, thanks to the judicial supremacy of our Supreme court, um, I got a little bit of reprieve, but to me, that's just another form of soft tyranny. That's that, that's some waving the fucking gun in your face and be like, next time I come back, it's your ass, you know, right. and don't forget. Maybe, maybe I'm not so nice. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I mean, and that's that's a cold fucking thing. That uh, to do that to somebody to know that you can uh, do whatever you want to to sort of oppress them and with with impunity. I'm sure that that's a real high that a lot of these motherfuckers probably experience. Uh, that's not one that I I fucking trip on. That's not my kind of deal. I'd rather be more mellow. <laughs> But I don't need all that. I don't need that brain juice. Whatever that whatever that feeling is, they can keep it, Steve. Yeah, no, I I I agree with you, my friend. I think that when when people have never really been through some shit, <laughs> that, oh, and you give yeah. them a teeny tiny little bit of power, they go fucking nuts with it. People who are bred to, but I was talking. I it, and it, in case anybody missed the the tweet yesterday, uh, uh, the world's most censored lawyer, uh, DNC fraud lawsuit attorney Jared Beck, will be uh, on the program Monday morning. Okay. Um, and boy, does he have a lot to say. But I was talking with him for like an hour or so on the phone yesterday. It was a great conversation. Good to catch up a bit. And, and um. Lisa's totally down to hear that conversation too, by the way. She, she texted me. She's like, yo, you know who they're having on? And I was like, tell me about it. And Lisa was like, legit. And if Lisa what? says that to me, oh, fuck. <laughs> I'm hoping that uh, I'm hoping that his uh, his lovely wife, Elizabeth, uh, invades for a little ah, bit too. Okay. Yeah. Uh, because uh, behind every man, a right? side by side <laughs> comparison of the two makes Jared look like a calm, collected, rational, quiet, meek little teddy bear. Uh, and, and he is much larger and much hairier than, than his diminutive Chinese wife. Uh, however, however, I love the firecrackers, man. I gotta admit, I gotta, <laughs> I gotta love them when they're, they're short, they're feisty, like oh boy. <laughs> No, she she's uh she's she's a fucking riot, dude. She's, she's an M80. <laughs> she ain't no firecracker. But anyway, we we were talking about how uh there's a completely different history that that uh the predator class grows up with and has access to than the history that the peasantry does, and theirs is one of bloodline exceptionalism and what their what is entitled to them what is you know uh, theirs for the taking this that and the other and of course there's that's blended with uh, a, a lot of some of the um you know anglo-americanized versions of history that that have been presented to a significant portion of the west but that because they have a different history and because their history is that of bloodline exceptionalism that you're not you're never going to have a conversation with a, another regular human being 
who doesn't see that that's going to take place in reality do you know what i mean mm. oh boy like there's there's a if we don't understand that the people in positions of real and perceived power have had an entirely different history than we do then we can't have a real conversation about it you and i can yeah you know but but if if we go out and have you know the talk to somebody's cousin or something like that and all they're doing is a desk job or even worse they're fucking sucked into the educational matrix or whatever it, it's you know you're 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 conversing with someone who speaks an entirely different language who has an entirely different set of history and facts that they're working from and it's basically like trying to have a conversation with somebody who doesn't come from another country but comes from another fucking planet I, I had that thought last night, actually, and it was something completely unrelated that had me think of it, but it was a question from somebody asking me if I've ever watched Parks and Rec. And I think of shows like that, like the, <laughs> like the made for TV, like situational comedies of the, the past Swansoning of America. Years. Oh yeah. The, the past 20 fucking years. Like I, I abhorred that kind of shit. I'm telling you, like, I know that there's people out there probably it's near and dear to their heart. That's that's fine. I, people can like things. I'm not going to shit on everything, but I will. Um, the idea for me to finding comedy there, I never wanted it there. I wanted people like Dave Attell to say, you know, jokes about clown pussy. OK, like I wanted I wanted something that wasn't that I wanted new grounds. <laughs> if you remember that old website, like, oh, wow. yeah, I, I like that kind of shit. Like I'm not, I, I'm not into that type of situational comedy. I loved Married with Children. I thought that was one of the best situational comedies ever written. There, there, the the character of Ron Swanson makes Parks and Rec. Okay. Aside from that, there's in in for me at least when when I got told you have to watch this show and I was like the fuck I do no. Yeah. Uh, there there were a lot of like Hoosier Land connections. Right. Because I grew up in, in Indiana. So there were a lot of like inside baseball to that state jokes that I was going to get. That's how culture. it was. It, it all ties into culture, man. And I just I feel like a lot of the shows like that just appeal to like a culture that I don't I never felt that I belonged with. You know, and I got to say, man, there there is a value in. Waxing fucking. uh I guess fondly of uh, a, a sort of sense of Americana that probably never existed. You know what I mean? Although you could, you could definitely say, um, and I think, uh, I think it was, was Chris um, Rankast that dropped the Tom Green clip in the telegram last night where he's talking about you know no it really was a much better fucking world pre-internet and here's why and then he goes on like a a couple of minute rant um i didn't know where the fuck i was going with that at this point Uh, no i mean when you're talking about shows though like shows after the internet like the internet kind of changed my perspective on what entertainment could be because i had access to pretty much anything i fucking wanted in the early 2000s I mean, if I wanted to watch silly FDA Newgrounds videos or play video games of like where to stand and pee, like the rest of like uh, uh, all of the commercial culture could go fuck itself. I didn't need it. 
it took like some guy just a couple hours maybe a, a a bottle of Adderall or something like that to make the game that I'm playing but it was worth more to me than the 60 fucking dollars for a PlayStation 2 CD you know or something like that or even buying a CD from someone so you know then you start downloading you start getting into different things I could sit and once I found like what Wikipedia was I used it to find every technical death metal band I could find and download their shit <laughs> Because it was just, it was game on. I didn't need the mainstream culture anymore once given that opportunity. But okay, ever, that's, yeah, <laughs> that's that's fair. That's fair. I I I think that, um, and I'm not I'm not saying that there aren't there haven't been benefits or merits to the technology. I'm not I'm not saying that. Um, I I will suggest that we had many different incarnations uh, of DIY and homemade and independent media prior to the internet. What we didn't have was international access to the archived catalog of all previously existing independent media and, and music and things of that nature. And that is phenomenal. It, it is. Um, and I'm not I'm not sitting over here as a luddite or anything like that no, you know no no um, but i was just bringing it up because like what uh, what i brought up about the thing with parks and rec and where i was going with that just in general was it's just like i picture that the types of folks that that's geared towards is just i'm not in that demographic so i don't really look to it like i'm not looking at the ads for certain things because i don't use those things and that's the kind of way that i look at media like i don't use that shit like it's not it's not palatable to me necessarily because it of its merits you know comedically or its timing or if its relevance to culture but just the fact that i don't have any fucking use for it and the things that i do on my day-to-day -day basis and then i could find that if i wanted things to fill in that time i can find anything of my liking to fill in that time with the internet but that's a danger <laughs> okay right that no means, shit yeah that's a real danger because <laughs> now that now that everybody can be in on the game nobody needs to make it anymore right like nobody needs to really like get on johnny carson because johnny carson's fucking dead and so is that format um everything about that is, is now anybody can do that shit you know but now you have to go that. through now you have to go through a fucking instead of the the handful of institutional gates that yep. you had to go through now you have to go through fucking millions of connected mm. influencer gates and yep. shit like that the gatekeeping, the but i mean jesus fucking christ dude it's it's in every culture like, I'm, I'm sure it i'm, I'm sure it's in carpentry the same as it's in music or the same as it's in movies there are gatekeepers it's just it's it's something in each and every little subdivision that's out there i believe um and, and well how we, i will how we say allow this, man it in the terms of the trades in the terms of the media in the terms of the music industry it's always around who's got government contracts and who's got the most influence with the state so if you remove the state once again from the equation that that gatekeeping is at least going to have to mutate it's at least going to have to take shape in a different form that people will have uh, a little bit more situational awareness of a little bit more ease of access around 
and then previously existing solutions to how to defeat it. Hmm. I don't know, man. I was... Well, no, I mean, and I was just thinking when you mentioned like the term Luddite before, right? Like a lot of um, the people I think that find their way to uh, what, what you brought up there logically, Steve, right? It, I think a lot of people that find their way there find themselves maybe through conservatism in a, in a sense or what leans right. So oftentimes, like people like you and I are lumped into the the overall right side of a spectrum if one creates one. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that um, you're subtracting. You're not you're not adding to the equation to try and less complicate the situation. If you're trying to address an issue, the most simple and direct way to address it is the most preferred. So whenever you're adding things you know, and adding people to a situation, say, for instance, like with Section 8 housing, that if you add people to the equation of you have to go through this person, then that person, then you have to file this form and it goes to this office and it goes from that office to this other office for approval. Well, how much cost does that add? How many more people did you add to the equation? How many other places or points where it can get fucked up? It's like having a complicated fucking pedal board. If you're a guitar player, like you, you just added, like if you have 30 pedals on your shit, you just added 30 more places, 60 more places. Okay. That, that things could get fucked up things that you don't even think about until it happens. And then you look like a dick, you know, it's, it's just, it happens that people complicate systems and things. So removing the state, removing something, isn't necessarily going backwards. We can use technology we can use what we've been given um, in our culture and what we've advanced as, as long as we're given access to it, and that comes down to the access to information, like how much of us, how much of the um, ability to create our infrastructure or live on our own and other things, can you go online and download and start building yourself? Or right. is that behind a wall? Removing the state doesn't remove the technology. It removes the illegal occupation of ownership of that technology by an illegitimate entity. Now, I wouldn't change a damn thing about the Mennonites' way of life. They can continue doing that and continue making the cookies as good as they do. And I don't give a fuck how much they still believe they in a Ford pickup truck as long as, you know, it's got less computer brain in it than it does a fucking carburetor. And they're fucking right on that one, too. Like, right. that shit. You should probably have an apocalypse truck. Like, it's just if you're going to prep for anything, I mean, nobody's nobody's carrying 30 gallons of water down the fucking street. If you have a truck bed that you can fill with water and other goods, you can survive for a good while. But after an EMP or something like that, you want something that just goes burr and starts right up, just like the money printer did to get us to that point. But fuck, where were we going with that even? Apocalypse? Maybe not. But um, we will talk about this. Speaking of other types of uh, ways to get to the apocalypse, I'll bring this one up. Uh, this is from The Guardian. Uh, this is how Chinese firm linked to repression of Uyghurs AIDS, Israeli surveillance in the West Bank. Oh, oh, isn't isn't it odd how like one's genocide can just be marketed and then bought by another country? Oh, it says uh, cameras made by Steve. I'm gonna Hick Vision. They call it Hick Vision. 
this isn't the way I would have envisioned Hick Vision being. Y'all, let me tell you something about Hick Vision, all right? <laughs> Hick Vision ain't got nothing to do with no Chinese. If you want real Hick Vision, here's how y'all gonna get it. You're gonna wake up nice and early. You're gonna let your eyes adjust naturally to the sunrise. And then long about 9.30 in the morning, you're gonna pour you a nice glass of iced sun tea. It's going to keep them eyes nice and focused until you get to drink that moonshine later. Once you get about five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten sips into that shine, you're going to get you that real hick vision. Now, this is where you get your little overlap with that Chinese hick vision and the real hick vision because you get nice and squinty-eyed when you get on that moonshine. And that's where the overlap occurs in that people thinking that you might get that's a Chinese hick vision, but no, it's just that's that shine a little bit of Granny's wacky tobacco. <laughs> that was an entire cartoon in my head. Uh, uh, thank you, Steve. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, um, now, here to help. And you are, and you are. Um, <laughs> it, it says here uh, Palestinians are being watched as, and, and oh, I'm sorry, and assessed at all times according to amnesty international so this is uh, uh a shot of it uh there wow what it must be like looks like a call of duty uh video game but um in the occupied palestinian territories there are cameras everywhere in Silwan and occupied east jerusalem residents say cameras were installed by israeli police up and down Except their streets. on october 7th yeah yeah, thank you, Lisa. <laughs> Until you need footage of something really important, those cameras are always rolling. Epstein's cell, ah, fuck everything, um, peering into their homes. And it says one resident named Sarah said that uh, she and her family could be detected as if the cameras were just in our house and said we couldn't feel at home in our own house and had to be fully dressed all the time. Which, if you already have to be fully dressed all the time in public, I'm sure is a real bitch when you can't do it in public or do it in private. Damn it. But it says uh, surveillance cameras uh, now cover the Damascus Gate, uh, the main entrance into the old city of Jerusalem. Sounds important. And one of the only public areas for Palestinians to gather socially and hold demonstrations. Oh, so they were just corralled and then had a camera placed upon them. Kind of like a farm. Now, it's at that gate that Palestinians are being watched and assessed at all times. And according to Amnesty International's report, Automated Apartheid, which, you know, shout out to them for today's episode title. These cameras have created a chilling effect on not just the ability to protest, but also on the daily lives of Palestinians who live under occupation, according to Amnesty investigators. Now, the organization had previously concluded that Israel had established a system of apartheid against Palestinians. Now, their conclusion was not taken into account by anyone in the American government, but it said among the vendors behind these surveillance cameras is a company, though, that has been accused of aiding what the U.S. has categorized as a genocide. Hick vision. <laughs> now, based in Guangzhou, uh, China, the company is one of the world's largest makers of video surveillance equipment and already infamous among international humans, human rights groups. It has been blacklisted by the U.S. and identified by the U.K. as a security threat for being complicit in China's repression of the Uyghur ethnic minority. 
Well, I guess lessons learned, right, panel? I mean, when you put it into practice like that, how do you not get more countries to sign up? <laughs> I mean, when you got those kinds of results, I mean, if you want to just completely go after a certain demographic of people, if you want facial recognition that will immediately pick on their certain ethnic traits, which is, I think, clear that that can be done nowadays, right? Remember the the story, Steve, of how like AI could tell if you're black or not because of your nose and other deals like that. People like <gasps> grasping their fucking pearls. Like, how dare you say that my face looks like my face? You son of a bitch. Well, so let's look at let's take a step back and and look at this story from a different perspective because this came out of what the guardian yeah okay so the guardian is now printing a story about a surveillance technology collaboration with the state of israel and the chinese communist party there have been a lot of of significant points over the last month of this campaign of genocide when uh meet american media has sort of let in some punches against the israeli state in fact there have been a number of times on, on u.s media outlets that the state of Israel is being openly criticized. There have been million plus person demonstrations in London, all over, uh, we, you know, Western Europe, uh, pretty much every weekend. And in most major U.S. cities, too, they just fucking violated the DNC headquarters over it. It's not a popular thing is what I'm saying. And Israel, Again, it's something that, that I was talking about with uh, Jared uh, on the phone yesterday. Israel has got to be looking at the West as kind of a liability at this point. Ooh. Even though there's the West is the sole reason for the state's you know continued occupation. Even though the West is or specifically the U.S. has been considered a, a huge ally. So let me posit this to you guys. And Lisa, I would love to hear your take on this. Um, yeah. ho hopefully you're still around. Um, <clears throat> what happens if all these stories about the Israelis collaborating with the Chinese keep circulating and we hear that it's already been going on that the Israelis have been looking for a way to break with the West and incorporate themselves into the BRICS community because they see the economic writing on the wall just as well as if you and I can see it, they can see it. Yeah. So wow. on the idea of, of Israel turning its back on the U.S. and, and uh, becoming a part of the, the BRICS nations. What, what do you think about that? As the only way to keep the state going. Lisa, wow, you that's a lot about, that, I'll give you that, on it. <laughs> Steve, that, that, that is really insightful. You know, given the fact <clears throat> where six, was it you or maybe it was you, Steve, on AM Wake Up? Um, or both, where you played the um, video of BB explaining <laughs> how he's using uh, the uh, facial recognition 
on his own people. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So um I just think what you what you just posited is <laughs> has uh lends a lot of credence, no? I mean Well, Steve, you brought up a great point by calling politicians like the sort of like the PR agents. Um, sort of like, you know, PR agents, may, maybe, but in some cases, some of them not so much, you know, right? Uh, some of them will actually just freeze up in public now. But um, the other duty uh, of a government, if you want to look at it this way, is that the governments like Israel being the, um, the laboratory of the world during COVID, um, having their uh, open air prison, um, their surveillance state, their warmongering state. Um, not adhering to any international criminal standards when it comes to war activities such as, um, well, that's a perfect model to sell to the banks because they'll fucking do anything. <laughs> I mean, they'll, again, face down, ass up. Israel's there for it. They're, they're ready. They're, they're, ready for, they're ready for it on all ends, all holes, all the fucking time, just like Ben Shapiro. You know what's um, interesting? I, I don't see much... Um uh a lot of commentary by by the trump campaign about this uh, i mean they were oh, so no. trump was so <laughs> instrumental in moving uh jerusalem right the trump campaign's appealing to the same people they're just doing it in different ways how can i hand you the populace how can i give you a, a, a controllable malleable demographic people in the banks and maybe the illuminati bloodlines that control them um but we're getting to that um, I've, I've finally gotten there, Steve, like after, uh, talking to Fritz Springmeier this past week, I finally decided, you know, it's, it's time, it's time to start looking into the whole bloodlines thing and really taking it seriously. Something I've put off for a while. Cause it's like, it's like getting into scotch. Like you just, it's, it's, you know, you're going to have to put some investment into it. Okay. And, uh, I feel like, you know, just starting out with Fritz was like starting out with like fucking Johnny Walker blue. So we're, we're working our way backwards in a lot of ways. So. Um, I don't know what the fuck we're going to do, but we're certainly going to try. Uh, <laughs> we're going to have uh, nature boy on to talk about some of those, um, things in a little while here, uh, bringing up occult, esoteric, whatever you want to call it and nautical things along with that. Cause there's a lot of nautical themes in those, those, those deals, man. But, uh, I'm, I'm going to be learning cause I'm an admitted noob when it comes to that stuff. Like I've, I've kind of, I've heard about it, talked to some people about it, really looking into it more seriously now. But if you ask me, um, BB is uh, nothing merely but just somebody that's trying to sell a product. And that product is the control of the state of Israel to a much greater entity. Think about where he comes from, Mr. MIT. Oh, right? well, yeah. If you wanted to sell into a technocratic system of governance, I mean, why not bring along somebody with that type of background? Makes sense to me. I mean, that's how I would write it if it's if this were a fiction, you know, type of novel. So, I mean, I would put a guy like that who is a known authoritarian, has no qualms whatsoever about experimenting on his own people, bombing the fuck out of women and children, and um, just being an overall psychopath whore. I mean, is there is there none better that you would want yeah. if you were an evil so muck muck running the banks oh. or whatever they are? Well, they found the yes because they've been trying to get rid of Bibi for a decade. They, they he had to do he had to do basically illegal judiciary reform 
to make it so he couldn't get prosecuted as soon as he wasn't prime minister anymore. Like he's so fucking corrupt that he has to stay in power in order to keep from being imprisoned or worse. Yeah. So that's who you want to say. We just have to switch to this brick system. <laughs> you know, I bet. Well, okay. But here's the thing. I think you want the most corrupt guy at the helm when the system you're about to replace is in its final stages. And then you bring in some efficient, kinder, more benign face oh, to absolutely. go, okay, yeah. look, obviously yeah. that didn't work. They do that in wrestling all the time. They're called transitional champions. So mm -hmm. people, yeah, people like superstar Billy Graham, like he always shits on it that, you know, he was given the belt and then Backlund immediately got it from him pretty much. Um, but yeah, and, and that's what they'll do. They'll give you a Bob Backlund. They'll give you a white meat baby face that nobody really feels that much about. And then it just sort of gets off the TV. People start, people stop. So Bibby's good for the collapse of the state of Israel's partnership with the West because of how close he is to Trump, how rabid of a, a, um, yeah, he's an accelerant. <laughs> yeah, well, and the, the, it's a matching face of malignant evil to go along with the malignant incompetence of the Biden administration. And the same thing with Macron and the same way with the revolving fucking, you know, a la carte wheel of prime ministers they have in the UK, all that shit, dude. I, Olaf I don't Schultz know if I would call it though. Is it hmm? incompetence? Because I, I'm thinking, you know, it's more like, deliberate being deliberate maniacal yeah they say you shouldn't always attribute malice but also there are times <laughs> you should attribute malice i understand malice. i don't think antony blinken is <laughs> yeah, incompetent yeah. and i think uh -huh. antony blinken has far more to do with the day-to-day -day operations uh of the state than joe biden oh uh, talk about it just a pale-faced dumb idiot looking fucking person that anthony blinken man like we'll talk about just talking. unappealing, just like I couldn't listen to that guy sell fucking shoe polish for more than 30 seconds. He's got Buffy the, the Vampire Slayer demon eyes. <laughs> his his stepdad was Robert Maxwell's lawyer. They're like creepy furniture salesmen. They're they're just like the ones that they'll chase you around the store. Like, let me give you my card. <laughs> as as much me. as Mike Lindell <laughs> looks like Paul Bearer. Yes. Yeah. And, oh, oh, I could do so much. Anthony oh, Blinken. So Anthony <laughs> Blinken embodies the spirit of that guy so much more than uh, uh, you know the venerable crackhead Mike Lindell. Oh man, you just uh, 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 the mental notice there. I'm I'm making it verbally uh, <laughs> that I have to do a thumbnail with Mike that was for you, buddy. That was for oh, that you. Is, that is just so money. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, when it comes down to this Chinese firm too, like, um, Steve, you've been, you've been in this fucking shit for a while. I never really got to ask you about it. Um, and I might as well, cause we're, I'm, not, I'm about to ask you about it. Um, how do you feel about the whole Uyghur thing? Was that another sort of invention that we got out of China? Cause it's easy to control that information and kind of rile people up. Or was that a real genocide? I I think that that like with most things the the truth lies you know somewhere uh 
around both both narratives. You know what I mean? So the U.S. says unequivocally the Chinese have committed a mass genocide against this group of Muslims in their country. It's unconscionable. We can't stand it. The Chinese go, we don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Here, look, here's all of the places. Here's fucking drone surveillance here's everywhere you say there's a camp here's exactly the fucking coordinates you know that none of that shit's going on get fucked so what what i do think is that the likelihood is there's been a an element of u.s backed chinese uyghurs that because they're wahhabists the Uyghurs are Wahhabist Muslims, which are the exact same brand, flavor, sect, tenant, whatever, of Muslim that the U.S. always backs, funds, arms, and trains in all of their destabilization terror campaigns throughout the Mideast and Africa. So my, my best assessment of it is that for the last decade or so, the U.S. has been attempting to have the same relationship with these particular Wahhabists that they enjoy with their Middle Eastern counterparts and that the Chinese aren't blind, have seen whose bread the U.S. will butter the most, understands that there's this group in their country and is probably doing as much counterterrorism as possible but but that that is much more likely the scenario than the chinese government just decided to be anti-wahhabist specifically or anti-uyghur specifically and only the u.s cares about it you know what i mean i got you yeah, because I mean, if if you're going to look at it that way in a sort of a more or less utilitarian way, I mean, there there's your there's your revolution that you cannot control because it's it's a another ideology that is outside of your your means of control. So you either remove that threat, or you allow it to over overtake you because the, the what we talked about last week with some of our friends um, uh, was is that we we talked about John. Paul Sartre and, and people of that nature and Foucault after him who sort of espouse these uh, identitarian belief systems and applied towards uh, things like Marxism and, and communism. And the way that that sort of works ideologically with people is that it, it ends up fracturing things just like we talked about with the internet. It, talk, it fractures things into thousands of different disparate groups now that all have different claims and they're all offended by different things. And we see it in popular culture. We see it right in our face now. Um, with, with all of that being said, though, um, some of those groups, if ever given the chance to, like you said, especially if they're of low social status, as the uh, Stanford prison experiment showed many people, um, that if you give the one of those groups power, they'll exploit it. it it'll, it'll be a bloody revolution. If, if it needs to be. And then you, you may end up at the end of that uh, sort of a la Qaddafi. <laughs> and no, nobody wants that. Nobody wants that. Man, it's almost worth playing the Jim Brewer bit. Uh, it, it, it probably is. Uh, Jim Brewer is awesome, man. And uh, shout out to him too for doing what he did about um, talking about what's going on with the whales there. And Nature Boy, I'm going to 
bring you on. I don't have uh, any icon or something from you, but I think we'll get your audio if I bring you in. There we go. Can you hear me? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you want to go on camera, buddy, I'll I'll join you. But no, that means I have to get my studio set up and stuff like that. So I'm just I'm just hanging here. Nobody wants to see my ugly face in the morning anyways, man. I haven't put my makeup yet, you know. I thought I thought I would rock the the doom metal van. For... I love the doom metal van. Um, it, it, it works. It just works. <laughs> but um, and Chongish. Oh yeah, gotta gotta love those movies, man. That that was uh, talk about formative years. Like getting into middle school, high school, like being able to find those tapes and watch them. There's nothing like that. Or if you stayed up super late, like I did, sometimes you'd be able to find them on cable. But um, yeah, really life changing. Uh, I don't know which one's my favorite. I mean, I do like the, the the whole one with Red and everything like that. But not having like Cheech's character as much being with Chong and being another person with Chong. I, I kind of I like going back to the first one, I guess. Open Smoke is probably, it's I'd the, say, the one. Yeah, it's the classic. Um, I remember I was in elementary school when that came out. And then I took my mom. I begged my mom to go out to the drive-in. And she's like, all right, I'll take the kid out to see this stupid stoner movie, whatever, blah, 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 blah. By the time it was done, she laughed as hard as I did through the whole thing. I think Up in Smoke was a classic. I mean, the lines in there, the how, how my driving scene. Oh, good God. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, and then it's just like you get that sort of preparation through movies like that. A lot of people in my generation, too, it was uh, the the other stoner movie um, with uh, Matthew McConaughey with the, oh, yeah, cool, man. You know, like that, that kind of Dazed stuff. and confused. Dazed and confused. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was that was a big experience for a lot of people in my generation, too, of that. Uh, it was, and it's sort of just like when I approached my parents about it, like, well, what the fuck was it like being alive during that era? And they're like, oh, shit, buddy, I can remember the <laughs> shit brown GMC pickup truck that we were driving around wearing out that soundtrack. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. My buddy had a GMC Jimmy. It was a fucking beast. And you oh, could lay like the back seats shit, down and we dude, would drink beer are... in it and shit. It was just that that fucking monster, man. Them sons of bitches were tippy. Oh, yeah, we find, yeah, <laughs> a lot of things, a lot of things could have gone wrong. Thank God they didn't. Oh man. Those are the times though. Like learning how to party even like, just like what the social situations like is like when you're just a fucking nerd kid from the suburbs, like meeting other people is a big thing. <laughs> you know, you go to somebody's party and you don't know how to act, you know, you don't want to be the guy shitting on the coats or whatever. That'll, that'll, that'll get over with certain uh, comedy audiences for a little while too. But, uh, not so much if you're the actual dude. The thing is, you also have to learn how to party as a kid and not get busted. <laughs> that's yeah, a some very of us not valuable lesson. Some Look, of us get that that's introduction shit done in the era of Snapchat, IG, all the Facebook, all that shit. That shit is over, over. Yeah. Thank God Everybody's snitching now. You're getting yeah. snitched on when you don't even know you're getting snitched on. And you can't trust none of these motherfuckers to keep their mouth shut. This is all there is. Partying without getting caught is basically, basically done. And as a parent, I gotta say, no, I'm just fucking... <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, no, dude. It. I mean, you... 
it's not like there was really ever such a thing as but unless you went out to the middle of nowhere or you're down in the park or something like that but you could party without getting caught but if you're at somebody's house somebody knows it's just a matter of how much trouble the kid gets in with their parents and whether or not the cops show up i always felt sorry for those kids that the parents would go out of town right for the night or the weekend and then hold hold themselves a ramper party and people would come in there and destroy the house. I had one buddy that did that, and boy, he got busted because his mom had an antique like table, oh, and some no. dumbass carved their name in it. Oops! Oh, <laughs> God. We used to have parties that this guy's name's Ricky. Oh, we'll leave his last name out because I'm not going to dox him. But put it like this: if there was anything that was sketchy in the neighborhood going on, Ricky was either involved or he knew about it. <laughs> and, Ricky was a good guy to know. <laughs> yeah, he was a good guy to know. I felt sorry for his mom, though. Oh my god! But um, he eventually ended up accidentally burning down our elementary school. And when the cops came around the neighborhood, you know, saying, "Hey, what's going on?" Everybody's like, "Ricky, <laughs> either he did it or he knows who did it." And sure as shit, cops went over to Ricky's house and they found him on the side of his house hiding in some bushes. And uh, little Ricky had to do a few years in CYA for that one. Mm-hmm. I am. So, uh, I'm not a big fan of the profiling, but it works, doesn't it? Like, no, we, oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah it's uh, it's a sad thing. Behavioral psychology itself, like seeing when it it's not an exact science, right? But when it when it just is applied simply of when you look at groups and how people react to things, how people in your community reacted instantaneously, knowing who the fuck it it should mm-hmm. have been. <laughs> Sometimes should have been actually is, and that's 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 terrible. It just shows that you know we can't always <laughs> can always prevent these issues unless we go insane trying to. Like yeah. how how was that a situ- how was that situation preventable? Should they have locked Ricky up ahead of time, knowing that he fit that profile? Should no. there have been surveillance on Ricky the you know dur- during that period in his life? Would that in have the- protected him in the community? No, no, it wouldn't. Um... But we're living in a whole different age. Thank God we don't have Snapchat and FaceTime oh, and everyone's got yeah. a camera because there's no way I would have gotten away with a quarter of the stuff I did. I mean, my ass would have been plastered all over social media, being doxxed, you know, all the crazy oh, yeah, stuff yeah. I did when I was a kid, man. Well, somebody had to develop pictures of you naked back then. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Oh, <laughs> speaking of that, okay, a little side note. Um, I worked at a, a store that had one of those one-hour photo processing things. Oh, right? Yeah. And I always found it funny that people with, that would have nude pictures would not want to send it off to Kodak no. because, oh, my gosh, they might see it, right? So they'd give it to me. And they, what they didn't realize is I saw every picture that came out. No <laughs> doubt. No and doubt. It was funny because people would come up there, oh, do you have my pictures? I'd be like, uh, your name, please? Yeah, I'd look at, look at it, and I'd just smile as I'm handing it to them. Mm-hmm. There you go, darling. <laughs> there you go. And I always wanted to say, hey, next time, advice, don't do one hour because, you know, um, I saw everything, baby doll. <laughs> Inadvertently, I, did, I wasn't intentionally looking at it. But when I have to put a piece of paper over the output tray of the camera machine so the customers don't go by and see your little <laughs> nudie butt, you might want to second guess that <laughs> that little situation, if you will, man. Yeah, that's the one you want to be caught like by some old lady like wheeling their shopping cart out, right? Like you're just sitting yeah. there what just watching the screen for about mm, five minutes, mm-hmm. <laughs> making sure that you understand what's on it. And uh <laughs> you get caught like, Oh, you like that, don't you? <laughs> just Gosh, like, there's 
one time. Oh, this way to get off. <laughs> cute little. She was. She. It was her graduation pictures, right? And um, I sure. She her and her mom had been shopping at there for years, right? So I saw kind of saw her grow up, and she had a bunch of her and her girlfriends had a bunch of coochie nudie pictures and stuff they took in their hotel room. And she comes in to get the pictures, man, and uh, it, it took everything that I had not to say something, not to laugh as I handed her those pictures. I'm like, mm, you got clothes on now, darling, but I know what's underneath them. There you go, baby. That will be seven ninety nine, please. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you just hand back the pictures, but like, doesn't have to be a cucumber this time. <laughs> <laughs> One thing a woman does not want to do is go up to the checkout stand, drop out two zucchinis, and when they ask, how you doing? <laughs> reply, I'm lonely. I had a friend who did that, and she didn't realize what she said until she was done, and it's just like, oh, what she told me about lost it. I was like, oh, you did not. You did not. She's like, yeah, I did, David. Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> well, and even those uh, places to escape that you all mentioned, like those uh, field parties and such, um, and nowadays you can just simply have a uh, Bombardier um, private plane just fly over places like that and be able to surveil everyone there too. So there's no place to run. There's no place to hide. <laughs> you might as well just get used to the big old electric eye. Um, this is uh, Bombardier's uh, announcement actually on Yahoo Finance that they're doing this. So this is just like, boom, we're doing this. <laughs> this is uh, Bombardier Global Aircraft missionized into Saab Global Eye, they even call it. Global Eye, ew. <laughs> platform okay i added the ooze but uh Bombardier's global aircraft it says brings its formidable mm, performance into sob's global eye airborne surveillance platforms which is a solution equipped with sensors for all air sea and land dom domains well i guess we got to start building under underground tunnels that's that we we need to build like an underground uh type of place like circa demolition man um but then also it says modern business jets are being increasingly recognized as strategic assets for military forces across the world. So, yeah, that, that makes me feel better. I, I just wanted to share that as the last of the big four to just bring everybody up. You know, it's it, there's no place to run. There's no place to hide. I mean, so. So is this yeah. like technology that they're going to start putting on um, private business jets to help them surveil? Yes, Oh, that's what the article actually says, and that'll be attached to this week's source list. Yes, uh, that's what they're doing, and it even says so. And I, I can, uh, there's one section I should go back to help point that out at is that, um, yes, not only are they doing that, but it's because it's more cost efficient. Um, you know, it's just it's too much for them to spend all that money on other aircraft when they can already use what's available. So it says, um, they're prepping, it says more and more countries are prepping uh, for the future by choosing modern, more efficient business jets as strategic assets for their military fleet. Public-private partnership. <laughs> Even in the air. Public partner partnerships code for fascism, you mean? No doubt, dude. And, 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 and doing a global eye. And, and, what, and what type of... Uh, Whose jurisdiction would the global eye fall under, Lisa? <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, that's yeah, the thing. yeah. I mean, if there's no international body that really uh, 
you know, presides over the governments of the world not to commit war crimes and surveillance issues and privacy issues such as this, even ones leading to genocide like we just talked about uh, a couple minutes ago, that there's no one come calling for them. Well, I don't think anyone's going after these private public entities either. That's that's the suck thing about all this. Oh, yeah. Well, we just had some more congressional hearings. Yeah. Well, that'll just- help. Yeah, Jim Jordan will talk real fast. You know, he'll, he'll go. Lindsey Graham will go on Fox News in his in his uh, best uh, Blanche Dubois impression, and, and and talk about how something just needs to be done. After I swear he was that. drunk in that press conference with Dick Blumenthal the other day. I swear he was. He was so overjoyed at the thought of bombing Iran. He went out and fucking ducked out and had a few. We gonna do it, y'all. I mean, you'd have to if you were in his position, right? Like, uh, I mean, just because, like, <laughs> did you see that clip though, dude? The first couple of seconds is like, seriously, I have like fantastic going on right now. Like, he's legit altered. I know, I know, and, and I assume, I assume it would, he's got like the, only existing supply of Bartles and James summertime spritzers. I that's what I assume. <laughs> oh, that's all I assume that he kidnapped those two old men back around 1994 and that he's kept them alive somehow, enslaved in a basement on the Graham Plantation in South Carolina, where they are forced to make Bartles and James coolers for him, uh, because Lindsay can't live on juleps alone. I, I can imagine him uh, drinking a nice mint julep, uh, sitting back like Stewie from the one family guy, you know, saying it's it's good to have land. I can definitely see him doing that. But um, no, I mean, when you're when you're in that position, though, you, you I mean, the other, the other thing I can think of um, to play devil's advocate, you know, for for good old Lindsay there is that there also could be someone probably holding a mind control device, just like rolling a little dial up, you know, to put a little bit more uh, punch to the electric uh, shock to his that certain part of his brain that making him do that. Cause I think it, it, it glitched out with Mitch McConnell a couple months back. Like somebody, somebody had the dial all the way up when they turned the shit on, you know, it's like plugging in the vacuum cleaner when it's switched on and you don't know. And it just like, you know, like <laughs> here's what it could be. It could be that, that before he, he went to, create the resolution or immediately before the press conference somebody approached him and said uh senator if you don't go out there and sell this war we're going to start leaking all of the pictures of the human pyramids worth of corpses of rent boys that you've created over the last 30 years of public service so make sure those people are ready to uh send them bombs I can only imagine. Yep, I'll take that one. <laughs> the type of Elliot Spitzer type of bullshit. And wasn't there wasn't there like another deal with like another? I don't think it was a madam this time, but there was some. Didn't somebody flip or something like that where there was a prostitution ring that was supposed to cover Washington? Whatever the fuck happened to that story? It was in, it was in the news earlier. I mean, we talked about it on Monday, I think. What uh, the high end brothel? Yeah. yeah. I mean, are we not going to get picks? Are we not going to get picks from that story? I mean, how does how does that some Massachusetts? But and and all roads lead to Massachusetts, don't they? Oh, geez, yeah, so many stories. 
Um, but then, I mean, the other thing too, is that we're never going to, that's one of the things about the evidence. Like we're never going to see the evidence. Like Steve, you've gotten to talk to people like Whitney Webb about certain you know, the evidence that's out there, you know, concerning Epstein and other things. But for the general public, for the most part, has not seen hard evidence of a lot of these major stories. So, um, yeah, it, it's uh, how do we verify the, the evidence again? It goes back to the text messages being read from your car. How does one know that those text messages were actually sent and or real? Um, you know, it, it a lot of it for me, like these operations that is supposedly you know ensnare a lot of powerful people. How can an accusation like that even be floated around on mainstream media for all of us to see and react to? But then nothing ever really comes out. Like, are they just are they are they fucking with us, Steve? Do they do it just to fuck with us? It's a desensitization thing, I think. I the and and honestly, I I really do feel like most people are so broken or traumatized or freaking defeated or distracted that for the the most part you know people in power can do basically whatever they want we we've been watching a, a human extermination campaign live on fucking twitter for the last month and a half month five weeks and, and i mean yeah dude people are saying stuff about it. there are quite literally but but it's not ending it you know what i mean they poisoned the planet with a fucking bioweapon and laughed in everybody's faces the entire time having people do the most ludicrous shit and believe the most ludicrous shit the hospitals are overflowing with the diseased and dying which is why they're empty for all of these nurse tick dance videos yeah. oh not to mention that the, all the medical staff that they had to lay off during the um so-called pandemic and the most dangerous time in human history so we're firing everyone exactly my whole thing as I talk to normie friends about it, I'm like, don't you find it peculiar that during the most, the worst pandemic supposedly since 1918, we when we should have all hands on deck picking up bodies from the streets, that hospitals are laying off large segments of their staff. And it was interesting because I had to go into my doctor's appointment during that. And normally the medical center is full. There's people everywhere. I walked into it, and I'm not exaggerating. There was hardly anybody there. It was like walking into a ghost town. And I'm just sitting there looking around thinking, man, the place is sure empty for a pandemic. Hmm. wonder what's really going on, people. wonder what's really going on. And it seems to be the, that the homeless uh, population is immune to it because they're not Thank falling you. over dead in the street, right? Thank you. That's another thing that I thought about is, wow, if this is so devastating, how come all, none of the homeless are dying out here? They're living in the most abhorrent conditions you can live in. They're living in tents and eating out of garbage cans, man. And this population is thriving. But this so-called disease is killing everything, including economies, people's jobs, people's lives. And the homeless are thriving, just one of those things that when you look at a situation, what is a red flag for BS, to me, that is one of them. 
That's one of them. Yeah, I mean, I think what we all saw um, and experienced during COVID uh, was, well, that that's one of the things that definitely broke me. <laughs> I could never, I could never look at my country or like my culture the same way again. Um, I could never look at certain musicians the same way again. I couldn't look at certain institutions the same way again. I just didn't. I don't feel the same connection to the people in in my country and in around me. The, I, had the same that, anyway. I had that with my social circle. You know, I was really pre-COVID. I was heavily involved in the arts community here. You know, I was an MC. I was a producer. Blah 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 blah. You know, I was like, you know, everybody wanted me to MC their shows and this and that. My schedule was always booked up. And then COVID came and I went from volunteer of the year in 2019 for this arts organization I was working with to literally persona non grata. And I have a friend who is still involved in it. Uh, she's one of my best friends. And she's always, well, you know, hey, you know, you need to come out more and you need to support support the organization. In fact, we were talking about this last week because of the shows, some really good shows coming up. And I looked at her and I says, I'm done with that organization, Liz. How many times have I told you I'm done? Because it's hard, like you said earlier, it's hard for me to look at these people with the same light again, you know. And when I see them in public, they're like, hey, buddy, buddy, where you been? Where you been, buddy? You know, hey, long time no see, buddy, buddy. And in my mind, not in my voice, because in my voice, I don't want to start static when I'm at an event and I have no. very little time to enjoy myself and enjoy people. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, hmm, y'all were the ones that treated me as a leper, a leper. I even had people push me away. Get away from me. And I just kind of want, I, I wish I would have thought this at the time when this dickhead did that. I should have just walked up to him, blew in his face like this. Ooh, unvaccinated breath. You know? Oh, there were times, there were times where I was just like, man, it would be so fucking funny if I just did this. And I had to, I had to hold back on many occasions because, yeah, you don't want, you don't want that kind of, most people, <laughs> most people don't want that kind of confrontation. With, with with another man with another person especially someone that's a friend of theirs like mm -hmm. I've, I've found a lot of people will do whatever the fuck they can in life to afford that con that kind of conversation confrontation sometimes to a fault but you know when it when it comes down to it though like the way that we were treated uh during those times and i say we as in the people that experience those uh types of situations like you just described mm -hmm. like so many of us had to uh live through something that was predetermined i believe you know, I think that a lot of that, I mean, again, if you study um, behavioral psychology in a way, like, you know, it's not an exact science, you know, there's only so many people that are going to take to the treatment. But if you get yourself in a situation where you have like an 80-20 type of deal, like what we see in Israel versus Palestine, or what we see in, you know, the, the, the vaccinated versus the unvaccinated or anything where those lines could be drawn, I think a lot of those uh, are starting to come out as just, well, it's more of a pattern. It's more of a playbook that's utilized, and and Nate, you've uh, you've been in this again, like Steve, you know, for a lot longer than I have, and I'm I'm just starting to finally really explore those questions of who really is behind a lot of this shit, like who if 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 COVID was a plan and it was a plan to get us to 2030, where God knows what the fuck is supposed to happen, then who's 
who's running this show? Like, and I've, I've been able to ask people that and they've kind of pointed me in different directions. And one of those directions um, from Fritz Springmeier was the, the bloodlines. And this is something that you and I have talked about in the past too. So I'd like to sort of introduce like a segment where we talk about that a little bit, because I know that that's something that interests you. And it's something you could probably teach me a lot about. I don't know if I could, I don't know if I could teach you, but we can definitely have fun with it because it is Friday. And with all the crazy stuff that's been going on here in the last week, I say let's have some fun. So six, yeah. I sent you a few things. Where do you want to start? I think we should start right off with the pictures because if you're gonna if you're gonna get people, you get them on the nudity. All right, <laughs> that's a, that's that's the way my brain works, um, folks. There's there's a topic that's come up in past conversations between Nature Boy and I and our friend Tom uh, Cooper from uh, Saturday Night Anarchy. Look out for uh, Saturday Night Anarchy tomorrow night as well at 8 p.m. Eastern. But um, we talked about like the, the bloodlines a little bit, and we talked about uh, Barry Obama and whom his daddy is. <laughs> or daddy? Yeah. And then also uh, you brought up something about um, his mother. <laughs> and uh, there are some risque photos of this woman available. So, I mean, I figure while we're learning – we might as well show some nudity. So just a nudity, uh, nudity warning for anyone sensitive that, um, you know, if you're at work, I don't know why the fuck you'd be listening to this at work, but you know, there's going to be nudity. Okay. So just, just, just bear with us here. But, yeah. um, yeah, this one, I'm gonna if you're at work and you're listening to this show, then it's okay to see titties at your job. Not I, I would, I would say, <laughs> I would say, I would say, so this, this one, uh, I'm going to pull up. Uh, this is from, well, this is apparently Obama's mother. Um, yes. Pictured yes. here. So to to the listeners out there that aren't familiar with this, this seems outlandish and outrageous, but these are legit. A um, little background on Ann Dunham. What's her name? She was um, a pornographic modeler for, a, lack of a better term, a gentleman called Frank Marshall Davis, who amongst many things, was the head of the Communist Party for Hawaii. He was a poet. He was a pornographer. He was a trisexual, means he'll try anything. The guy was a perv. And one of his, his models was Miss Ann Dunham, who was Barry Satoro, a.k.a. Barack Obama's mama. So the pictures you're seeing up there are legit. And there's quite a few more. Um, I had to actually go out to find these on Brave because... I tried to search them on Google and they scrubbed that. They, you know, Google scrubbed it. And it brings into question um, the, the whole birther thing. The whole, let's go back to the birther movement where it started. By the way, that was started by Hillary Clinton during the primaries. Mm hmm. Yes, her campaign is the one that put out the fraudulent birth certificate. He's from Kenya and they floated that whole story. And say what you will about that wicked woman. She is a brilliant political strategist. So the big question that arose, and it really took off in the right-wing media, is was Obama legitimate, constitutionally legitimate, to sit into that office having to be a natural-born citizen? In my opinion, and what I've seen is, yes, he absolutely 100% was. But here's the caveat. 
Nature Boy, people might ask, Nature Boy, what do you mean? His father was from Kenya and he was born in Kenya. And I'm like, no, 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 no. His father was not the Kenyan. His real father, and my opinion, and when you look at the photographic evidence, it's pretty apparent, was actually Frank Marshall Davis. And considering that Ann Dunham was one of his porno babes, it makes complete sense. So in that, Frank Marshall Davis was an American citizen, as debaucherous as the man was, which constitutionally allowed Barry to sit in that office. So that's just kind of where I want to start it off and just I want to pass it out to the group and see what everybody else has to say about it. Well, just to start out with, um, our friend Don Jeffries had a conversation with a woman um, a few months back that really struck me, and it was about the election of Reagan and just how Reagan got elected by committing treason. So therefore, he should have been not considered the president. So uh, the the plausibility of having somebody that should not qualify for being the president <laughs> um, actually becoming one pretty fucking high to me um uh, judging that i think that it's happened plenty of times in the past and what is it what is a fair election even anymore um how is how is that even calculated because uh lisa you sent me something last night about um how uh the georgia voting machines um have been looked at by a certain judge and said that there's no fucking way that this could be considered legit without further investigation like like these are just these are just wackaloons that we're gathering here. Like these are subject matter experts that are pointing out to us the, the the fallibilities in these systems. And when you read through those fallibilities, you're finding out that um, they are things like they they're still running like Windows 95 on these fucking things. All right, like XP's being run on these things. That's what I'm talking about. And so, they're still going along. I mean, nothing has changed, right? Yeah. What is so? Changed? I mean, well, that's. That's the thing with the people start telling me about, you know, when you start talking about these bloodlines and you start talking about why doesn't anything ever change? Oh, I mean, maybe it's because it's the same old folks at the top always manipulating these sort of things. And who are those fucking people? Like everybody is going to start pointing fingers. But when people do that, though, you could. And I talked to Fritz about this, is that you can start chasing something for you could chase a story for years and find out that it was garbage. You could find out that it was all smoke and mirrors. Um, I even had Fritz send me some stuff about uh, the Knights Templar because we didn't really get into that all that much that I'll probably talk about in like a future episode too. Um, but I'm, I'm just, I, I have a lot of homework to do. Um, there is a tremendous amount of information regarding subjects like this, but even especially tied into people that are considered some of the most powerful people in the world. And more of that you have to reconsider the more that you learn about how these things work sort of work and um what when i say that they the way that these things sort of work too um i had a listener send me an article that i'll probably use for reference uh because it's 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 very good in pointing me towards the direction of some of these uh i guess the, the way that you would categorize things and what these terms mean and things of that nature but um that's going to be here let me see if i can pull that up here that's not that one Damn it. Oh, I'll be able to find it. Oh, here we go. Beautiful. All right. Let me get to the screen share. Sorry about that, folks. 
All right, so this is um, something that I'm going to be attaching to the source list this week, but I'm probably going to be coming back to it a lot in the future. Now, there are some real gems here because uh, this was released, it says, posted on June 4th of 2020. So smack dab in the middle of the start of like the, the pandemic operation, if you will. Um, and Steve had to bounce, and uh, thank you, Steve, for being here. Uh, Fridays are a busy day for him, so another reason why we hold it down here on Fridays and thank you all for being here too. But, um, you know, besides this going over what's currently happening, which I find really fascinating, um, is that this article kind of breaks up the divisions of what's called the satanic council and command chain. And there are links here, uh, to Obama who we had just talked about. So I found this interesting because, uh, the claim here at the top of the article is, uh, and I'll come back, is that Obama is now running the Satanic Council. So let's 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 peer in. Let's peer in to see what that could mean. Um, it says the Satanic Council is sometimes called the Druidic Council. Um, and this is uh, written by uh, Kathy uh, Fox. So it says in her article, the five child trafficking networks of the Illuminati, I wonder why five, outlined a structure for the whole Illuminati. And she says she develops on parts of it and tweaks it uh, somewhat there. And also her knowledge has grown. So it says the Satanic Council is the Satanic Board of Directors, uh, usually men who deal with the financial decisions and company decisions for their territory. Wow, this sounds like a company that, you know, Nature Boy, you might be familiar with companies that act exactly as that, that, that very model, right? Now, this uh, says, go ahead. Yeah. Oh no no! I was just agreeing with you. Yeah, you know, you have your 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 board of directors. It just as a little side note, people, when they're looking at organizations or power structures, right? They only look at the hierarchy of the company from the CEO down, from the president. Okay, let's take the United States, the president down. They only look at the president. What they fail to look at is who is on the board of directors. Because the board of directors sits above the CEO and gives the CEO their marching orders, which they give to their company. So it comes back to what you're talking about. And something that fascinates me is the hidden hand. Who is orchestrating this global play drama of catastrophe that we're experiencing now? Um, I was recently... I think it was Tony Arterburn, he or somebody, I, th I think it might have been him, but he brought up a very valid point for the average person who doesn't understand global power structures. These events that are happening now with the Ukraine, with the weather weapons, with this all seem random and they're all coming together at a head and what they failed and they ask, well, why is this happening? When you look at the organization as a whole from the board of directors, CEO down and see what the ultimate end game is, all of these disparate events that we see happening all make sense because they're all part of the plan to bring in the ultimate brass ring of these psychopaths. And that's a neo-feudalistic, technocratic global world order where the very few will hold all the power the rest of the population will act as 
uh, neotechnical serfs, and below them, the ones that serve no purpose, as Kissinger's referred to people as useless eaters, well, they're part of the depopulation plan. When you look at it from that standpoint, it really makes sense because if you go back to um, the esoteric, there's a term out there, I'm sure everybody's familiar with this, order out of chaos, which also does relate to chaos magic, which is a whole nother show. So what's happening now is by creating chaos across the globe, you're destroying the current order. And like a Hegelian dialectic, they cause the problem, they wait for the reaction, and then they come out with their solution. And their solution, at least what I can see, and keep in mind, I'm just one schmuck with a big mouth and a microphone, is global world order dominance. And out of order, out of order, or chaos, what is it? Order out of chaos. Out of chaos comes order. Out of chaos comes order. And that's what's happening now. You, America, for instance, they're not going to submit to being chipped or a global order easily. But if you take everything away from them, you put them in a constant state of fear and distress, the average person will accept the solution just so they can now get food. And it goes back to something I saw years and years and years ago about this time we're living in now, because back then it was theories. I was reading a lot of books, but now it's reality. But here's the situation. There's an economic global collapse. All the stores are done, you know, but they come out and they say, but thanks to the hard work of such visionaries, such as the Rockefellers, Henry Kissinger, they have been diligently working behind the scenes to create this global order that will be miraculous. So in order to be a participant of this, you need to get the chip. Sorry, that's just the way it is. There's no more cash money. So you can go down to your local grocery store and we have chip stations across all of them. It's a 10-minute painless procedure. You go in, you scan your eye in the orb, you put the chip in, and as soon as you get that, you can go in and feed your starving family. With a scenario like that, I can easily see how a huge part of our population would line up for days just to get that chip so they can eat, so they can survive. In a similar context, we saw that with COVID. All the testing stations, all the portable vaccination stations, people were lined up around the block to go get their shot. Well, you take it to that next level to where you're going to die of starvation unless you get the chip. And once you get the chip, it's all good, guys. You just go in your local Safeway there and you can load up your chip and get your groceries and go home and have a good life and be part of this glorious new world order. Keep your breastplate on high. Raise your hand in solidarity, people. The bad times are over. The bad times are over. But the reality is the bad times have just begun. Soft tyranny. You know, that's, that's uh, 
kind of what I wanted to bring up, you know, as a uh, as an idea for people to think about that we live in, in a form of soft tyranny still. Like if these rulers that were never meant to rule because they never, you know, got our volunteer, uh, got our voluntary vote, right? That, that they are, are voted in impro improperly because they shouldn't have qualified for those things. Champions that won the, the, the championship belt without actually using you know the rules, right? Like something should have been done about it. And instead of stripping them of the belt, instead of making them not the champion anymore, we've, We've given them we've given them all the champion benefits. So why why would they ever turn back? <laughs> well, a good modern example of that is men competing in women's sports. Oh, yeah. You know, Dominates. they they're dominating this and they're destroying what women have for decades worked to fight to develop, you know, the ability to even the playing field and it was very uneven back in the day with title nine and uh, all sorts of those other types of things now those same women i see that were all gung-ho feminists are the ones that are supporting this trans agenda right which... that is so counterintuitive thank you i Lisa. mean i mean <laughs> I, the irony that in the end they're facilitating that realistically you're allowing the man to be on top again yes. right I mean and you're just, cheering it on worse a man, worse than cheering it on and facilitating mm -hmm. and they don't even see it that's that's the thing about it is they're braiding their own rope and I have, an, I have a friend who is you know, she's pretty woke. And we, I brought that up and she's defended it. Um, you know, I, here's a case in point. When the laws legally were changed, it says a man can now enter a woman's bathroom. I was appalled by it. And we got into a heated discussion over it. And she's like, well, I, she was for it. She was for it. And I, my thing is like, men are pigs, darling. You don't understand. I'm a guy. I ain't a pig, but I know a lot of them that are, that will take advantage to this to the fullest. And now you're defending this ability for them to do it? I'm just, it just is so counterintuitive to me. I, I have a hard time wrapping my head around it. That's all I'm trying to say. Well, they, they redo the, the, the playing field like the platform itself. So the idea of taking uh, women and putting them in those particular divisions was to even out the mm -hmm. results. Because mm -hmm. if you have a, a, a person, doesn't matter what sex they are, like you, you put a guy like Brock Lesnar's size in the cage with somebody Ray Mysterio's size in a, in a, in a real fight, it's not going to be pretty for very long. Mm -hmm. um and what happens with that is is that then you you take away the actual equality in the name of equality which is mm -hmm. you got to think if there is something such as satanic that would probably be it um and then you also it, it put it in its place your own new system of rules that is contrary to the prior system of rules so therefore mm -hmm. it breaks everybody in the system of the recognition of what real rules are who's supposed to be in charge and how shit's actually supposed to work. And mm -hmm. I think people just throw up their hands and then that's how you end up in such a immoral and unfeeling and unempathetic system. 
that just allows genocide if if necessary yeah. just because it's easier to get food yeah uh, the jones plantation which is a fantastic oh. movie if anybody hasn't seen it go out and rent it it's just it's so prolific and it's funny but oh i lost my train of thought on on that one so good god i hate it when that happens um oh yes it, there's a line in there and i have to paraphrase it says most people will rather believe a convenient lie than the inconvenient truth mm. and it's very true very true and I, I think covid proved that point that there's still a lot of people that still buy into the narrative 100 percent when all the evidence is out there all the data all the studies show that the shot was neither effective nor safe but these people will still cling to that inconvenient lie that the vaccine saves lives oh the appeal to authority yeah. <laughs> that too because yeah. it undermines the whole thing of them like uh, the the unsettling idea of the fact that you have money stripped from your paycheck if you're the average person out there listening you have money stripped from your paycheck to to pay for your protection and this is the fucking protection that you really get like mm -hmm. i mean you, people don't want to look at that because like no. who do you even appeal to then you, do you think that we get a, a decent shake at putting out our list of grievances to our government and then they really listen <laughs> you think <laughs> that somehow voting is a door to or, or a solution to that problem of just finding the right people to put in those positions instead of taking down the institutions and removing them from society as they should be to probably fix a problem because they cause the problem. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, we, we talked about it before with Steve where he, you know, he's, he's not a Luddite. He, he does work with technology. Unfortunately, technology doesn't always work with Steve as we've found, <laughs> you know, so uh, anybody that sent any uh, super rays, or anything to AM Wake Up today for hosting us. Uh, thank you dearly for that. And uh, we should thank the, the the producers there for everybody. Uh, thank you to everybody that donates to TMP. Uh, you'll find our links in the description too. But make sure to take care of our friends over at AM Wake Up for having us if you're on their platforms because we like having them around, but shit breaks sometimes, okay? <laughs> like mm -hmm. Not everybody's laptop just runs forever. Sometimes, you know, just the, the hard drive will poop out on you or something like that. Not everyone's microphone was built to withstand um, a tank such as Gomez running into it or something like that. So, you know, we, we, we do our best here to make do with what we have. But, um, yeah, we appreciate any help. Um, and on that note, too, anybody out there that wants to take some of this stuff, chop it up and put it out there in clips, share it up with people in different ways or get involved in the conversation with us on um, telegram or any of our other social media stuff you can find all those links in the description too i always forget to mention this kind of stuff i think that people sort of like take i take it for granted that people know that if they like something that they should you know share it and support it and then if they want to be part of the conversation that they can on these platforms but you know don't be shy um and in fact that's one of the things i love about being able to take over this program on Friday is like having access to awesome chats on both Rockfin and Rumble right now under AM Wake Up. And um, that's a beautiful thing that they've built here is, is that community, Nate. And we're, we're happy to have you here to share you with the people because everybody out there in the chat loves you. Uh, I got nothing but great feedback about you coming back and chatting with us some more about anything, let alone this awesome topic. So, Well, that's good to know. At least I know that I'm doing a halfway good job and not coming off like a total moron. Thank you, everybody. Thank you for 
thanks for watching the show. Thank you for sharing the show. And six, thank you for allowing me to be on. I mean, I really enjoy talking to you and to Lisa and to Steve and all the guests that you've had on because I think that it's a good platform to bring out ideas that are not normally brought out in the standard mainstream media. And people may disagree with what is said, but at least it makes them think. Yeah, I, I think that's the purpose of a lot of this stuff. I, I don't, I don't want to do this shit to be preachy. Certain people get into that. They're just like, well, no. this is what you need to do. You need to take control. You need to wake up. You need to Make get up. Frogs gay. Yeah, exactly. Get up and find a gay frog. Yeah. But like all that, um, I just can't get into that energy for too long because it just dissipates. It just goes somewhere else because it's not me. Yeah, it's like not me I, either. Yeah, yeah. And I think that people, you know, people that just get down with conversation the way that you and I like to, Nate, and the way that yeah. Lisa does, like there's a there's a whole bunch of other people out there that do get down with that type of conversation that probably do get something out of this and can probably teach us a lot. Yes. <laughs> You know, that's the thing about it. You got to keep that humility, man, because like when, when you come into the, the dance thinking that you know all the moves, you know everything, there's going to be someone else busting something out. You're not going to be fucking prepared for. That's how, yeah. that's how you end up on your ass. <laughs> well, that's why I like coming on to these shows and I like listening to these shows is it brings up ideas and I learn. I like to learn. And there's a lot of times, like, especially uh, the Union of the Unwanted, I'm like Charlie Robinson. I like to just shut off my mic and listen to everybody because I can find so many new insights and little nuggets of information that I didn't know before where if I had the paradigm of conceit, I know everything. I'm the man. That's a position of ignorance, really, that I found. So, and the only thing I want to do is I want to learn, I want to be a better person, and I want to try to give people little nuggets of information that might open an eye or two, if that makes sense. No doubt. I mean, that's, that's the thing about all this, is that I, I've told numerous people, you never know what this is going to lead to. Like when you, when I come into a conversation too, I, I like keeping it straight with consciousness, and I'm I'm glad that they do for the most part on AM Wake Up. I know that that pisses off Shelly probably sometimes because she sends them all kinds of articles and they end up talking about dicks or whatever for a half hour. That happens though. It does. But but still, you're going to learn something. <laughs> well, it's kind of like an example is you know when we were doing the pre-show work and the articles that we had lined up for you know Fun Time Friday. <laughs> <laughs> we covered one of them and then the conversation just took off in another route. And to me, that's the beauty of a conversation is when it takes on a life of its own, when it's not scripted. You might have a certain area that you start with, but when you're done, you're completely so far away from that starting point that it's not even funny. But that's the magic of a conversation, you know, the life of it. Well, because life is fucking magical. Like that, it, recognizing that too, like knowing that it's, it's, you know, the ability to, you know, have a, a, an intellectual conversation to be able to share thoughts between one another, the ability to do that, uh, I think is something that, you know, if there's anything that as proof that separates us from the rest of nature and, and to be like sort of a, a chosen creature upon this earth, um, it is that. 
Um, mm. it, it, it shows the reflection of something greater, something transcendent, potentially. You know, so it gives it gives people like me hope because I'm a fucking eternal skeptic. <laughs> I mean, I I don't really ascribe to any one faith or thought whenever it comes to those things, other than understanding that I don't know shit. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it really has been enlightening to talk to a lot of people that at least have done a, a lot more legwork whenever it comes to researching uh, where this all leads. And you know, I'm I'm hoping that we can continue uh, these types of conversations in the future and make them fun because, like, you should be able to laugh at the fact that Obama's mom was a hoe. Exactly. Like, if nothing and else, it's proof. And then if they're like, "Oh, I don't believe that," you just a dumb conspiracy theorist. Oh, yeah. Why don't you take that tinfoil hat off there and come to the real world? And I'm like, "Oh, by the way, here's a picture." Oh, oh, here's another picture. Oh, oh, but. And just to see their mind kind of break. And it's like, yeah, makes you think, don't it? Makes you think that Obama's mom is a hoe. That when you look at pictures of Frank Marshall Davis and Barry Satoro, there is an uncanny resemblance between the two, even their expressions. You know, um, I don't know where I was going with that. I kind of got lost in my, my thoughts. But to sum it up, what is reality so much of the time is truly stranger than fiction. It's like history. You can't make the shit up. Well, yeah, because we're dealing with people that are, I mean, to, to quote a great album, masters of reality. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, they, they, they shape and mold our reality. Like how much of what you and I would react to and just like these war stories for the past couple of weeks, we're reacting to what we're being told by entities that we don't control, that we have no people mm -hmm. in, we have no personal uh, dealings with, so they right. owe nothing to us. And, and right. also these, these private entities that are involved in these very public entities too that have no duty to tell us what information that they actually have. Like how much footage of these whole dealings of the past, uh, like like Lisa brought up, where's the camera footage of these October 7th attacks, if if there are? And like how curated is that reality? I mean, Ryan Christian from Last American Vagabond, shout out to him yesterday yeah, uh, on his show. show was walking, showing that walkthrough that whatever IDF or whatever type of fuck official was, yeah. was doing this bogus video telling you the whole time, making sure to stop while doing it, Lisa. Unfucking real, unreal. Yeah. Like it's like it, it was like OJ's if I had done it book in real life. <laughs> it was awesome. like the don't don't question if this was just placed here and that we planted this. Like he would say shit like that yeah. in mid gimmick. Like, bro, you're breaking the fourth wall. <laughs> what are you doing? Like, if I were the yes. director, I'd be yelling at him, I'd be throwing shit at him. Like, you fucking idiot. We yeah, gotta reshoot this now. <laughs> They need to up their game on that because I saw that last night, man. That was a great show. Is uncut, unedited, one walk through, right? Yeah. And then, then they get to the point of the computer. Later, they the, the computer, right? Yes. And then all of a sudden they realize that the person on the, the computer, the female Israeli soldier, on October 12th, while she was supposedly kidnapped, was throwing up pictures on Instagram or something like that. And then once they found that out, then Oops. the next one, they changed the headline. And when they got to that part of the propaganda spin, everything was blurred out and that 20 seconds was removed, but yet the initial thing is unedited. I'm like, 
man, y'all need a different PR company, guys, because the one yeah. you've got right now really is lacking. You know, you need to up your games. What I'm saying. Oh, and when they when they make such definite declarations, right? When they're so certain, and then the next moment they have to flip around and say that it's not certain now. Like in yes. every case of COVID and up until now, every every fucking pattern of behavior is the same. They get caught with their fucking pants down, then they're like, hub, 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 you know, and then get on to the next excuse of why yeah. it happened. But another thing about our society is that our uh, collective memory is so incredibly short mm. that they're able to do that because once the story is planted in the consciousness of the public, right, it takes hold. And even if they do correct it, like, you know, the old days back in newspapers where they'd bury the correction, like down in the living section on page 653 in a little sentence, yeah. they do the same thing. And once it's planted into the, the psyche of the public, it's there. So they can go and they could do another one, right? But the damage has already been done, and our public doesn't have the discernment. In fact, I say they ain't got the discernment of a flea. Um, no matter what you tell them or show them, once that idea has been implanted, it's there for good. Kind of like the COVID thing, you know? You try to go up to these normies that are still wearing masks and saying, uh, do, you, do you realize that that has no effect on this? And you could lay down fact after fact after fact. And they'll look at you with glazed over eyes and call you a shit, a batshit crazy tinfoil hat wearing conspiracy theorists. And you are killing granny. Get out of my face. As they walk away with two band-aids on their arm and a mask on their face. Yeah, it's it's funny because I was reading an article the other day um, about uh, Lloyd Austin. And Lloyd Austin, I remember as being a very high-ranking uh, military person. So I think he's a, fuck me if I forget, but I believe he's a general. Okay. He was in, during COVID, this motherfucker was surrounded by people wearing masks. He wore two masks and a face shield, vaccinated, and still got COVID. How could you let somebody with that little fucking brain power run a military operation of any sort. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't care if it's playing like command and conquer or fucking old, old school, like a uh, uh, solid, uh, solid snake, <laughs> like fucking <laughs> what was those things? Heavy gear and all the other shit. Like I wouldn't let them run that fucking video game. I wouldn't let them run that shit, let alone the, the actual military those fucking morons. Yeah. Well, I, th I think the difference, it almost makes me want to harken back to, the Dick Cheney days, at least those psychopaths were competent psychopaths. Okay. Yeah. They knew what they were doing as soulless as those bastards are. This new breed of psychopaths are incompetent. They're just as psychopathic, but they're stupid. Yeah. And these are the ones that are running the show people, you know, at least with Cheney and them, they knew what they were doing. These assholes half the time don't know what, well, our president is a good example. That's some bitch. They drug him up. He doesn't know what fucking state, city, or room he's in half the time. Yet he's running the world, and not the world, but the United States. Everybody knows the guy is riddled with dementia. But by yet, design. It's all by design. Humiliation ritual. I think it is, Lisa. I think it's a humiliation ritual, and it's by design. I mean, look at Fetterman. You know, here's this big moron who should be recovering in a rest home after his stroke. But they bring him on 
a national stage and he wears a hoodie and gym shorts and then they go and they try to change the rules of the Senate to allow casual clothing for this walking, barely talking humiliation ritual. I just remembered it was Metal Gear. How dare I? How dare oh my I gosh. Get that fucking shit. I played that for so many fucking hours when that shit came out for PlayStation 2. Oh my God. But what a loss of time, though, sometimes. Like when you look back and you're like, oh, I spent that much time on that game? Holy fuck. What happens to people? I mean, that's why, I mean, it was always like sort of like when people tell me I get too wrapped up into this stuff. Oh, you don't want to spend too much time on that. Like, yeah, you can look back and say, well, I spent a lot of time on that. But nature, I'm probably not going to look back at this conversation and many others I had doing this uh, like it you know, and say that I regret spending my time that way. Because I think that this does lead towards something. I think this is an exercise in a way for all of us. This is cathartic for all of us. But I do think that what we leave behind, if, if thought-provoking in any way, is worthy of, of being archived and, and being available to people for as long as at least we can get away with that shit. Mm-hmm. So uh, why don't you tell pe- uh, people where they can find you? Um, and then uh, we'll start getting everyone's um, um, you know, just final takeaways for this episode, too, because we just hit one. But uh, yeah, where, where can they find you, Nate? I could be found on Twitter at the Real Nature Boy. And that's about my only social networking platform right now that I'm using. And I use it only for, you know, shows and stuff like that. I am in pre-production for my very first show, Naughty by Nature with Nature Boy. And Naughty is spelled N-A-U-T-I as in nautical. And anybody that knows me knows that's very fitting. And it's in pre-production. I'm hoping to get it up and going by the first of the year. And the one thing I'm learning is everybody on this panel has done a show realizes there's a lot of work to putting on a good show. And I'm finding that out firsthand. But other than that, that's where I can be found. Uh, hopefully the show will be up and going. And when it is, I would love to be back on here and talk some more crazy, funky stuff with y'all. Yeah, man. And especially about these bloodlines things, because um, yeah. this is this is like getting into some, you know, understanding some finer things. Uh, I think when anybody who pursues um, their own sort of search for what what is real, a lot of people in the chat brought up what the fuck is truth. Yeah, I mean yeah. it's 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 hard for any one person to even sit here and define. And if they did, I'd probably have a lot of problems with it. You know what I mean? It, it, it's hard. It's something really hard to pin down. But um, you know, the more evidence that we can show, the more the more things that we can put in front of people. As long as we have access to to real undoctored, un AI assisted evidence, <laughs> oh, and that gets into a whole different crazy sphere. Um, but well, one thing yeah. we didn't even get into is um, the Crowley Barbara Bush connection. That's a rabbit hole to go down. Oh, we so shall goodness. save that for next. Oh yeah, we're gonna go. We're gonna go through the families. We're gonna go through the mm-hmm. families. So we're working our way back, maybe from Obama into the Bushes, and then we can go from there and see oh. where it takes us. But oh, Chelsea uh, that, Clinton and Webb Hubble. I mean, it just goes. The line goes. It just goes so deep, so deep. Yeah, Chelsea. Speaking of going deep, Chelsea Clinton. She's got one of those Stephen Tyler mouths. So, I mean, I can only imagine. And so does Webb Hubble. They have the same mouth. And also, oh, Barry, Barry has the same ridge right in the center of his top lip that Frank Marshall Davis has. Ooh. Talk about lip service. 
you know what we really need? We need somebody that uh, maybe uh, does that type of identification and, and profiling to come on and talk about that sort of thing. Because, I mean, identifying people by those signature traits, I mean, we, we talked about earlier with uh, all the digital apartheid stuff that's possible with the technology, at least that we know of nowadays, with facial recognition, is that if they wanted to recognize Barry as a member of a certain tribe or clan, they probably fucking could. And that's just with like scanning the shit, uh, your groceries out at the checkout type of technology, let alone what they really fucking have. So who knows what kind of in type of DNA database? I mean, Israel has a giant DNA database, don't they? Yeah. What the fuck the, does the United States have? Twenty three and Me, baby, selling oh, yeah. off your DNA data to private companies. Okay, yeah. And and there's a, there's our our sworn enemy. Um, you know, shout out to that hardcore band. Um, yeah, there's our sworn enemy, um, China there again, because, <laughs> you know, they're, they're, they're not just selling the, the cameras to keep the Palestinians in line to the, our buddies, the is, Israelis, you know, <laughs> which is ridiculous and hypocritical of us. But, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, Lisa, what are your final takeaways for this week's episode? Do we have Lisa? Well, yeah. I, I, I'll tell you what, I, I am just blown away as to the high caliber people that I get to hang around with on these Fridays. So you guys rock. Oh, you rock Lisa. We always enjoy having you around. Um, and you know, ev everything that you can add from your perspective of all the work that you've done over the years too. Um, that, that's something that, you know, I'll, I'll throw out there like here at TMP, having someone like Lisa Belanger here to consult us on anything regarding stories when it comes to the legality of things how courts actually work um how to get this information actually out there and what what prevents it it's been so eye-opening so I, i'm i'm very looking forward to uh, having a conversation about one of the things that you have fought well with all of your life against lisa and this guardianship uh type of cases so we're, we're going to talk about that for at least an hour next week with uh you know, uh, our friend, uh, Cynthia. Uh, so be on the look for that. Um, and Nate, it's always good having you, man. So, you know, we're going to have to have you back. So, but, um, yeah, shout out to everybody in the chats today. Um, I appreciate all the chatting activities, um, especially since we are taking over for, uh, Steve and Chris and Shelly on Fridays here at AM wake up. So yeah, appreciate everybody that shows up for these um, out of the AM Wake Up crew. And, and of course, uh, huge shout out to everybody as part of the TMP crew there over on Rumble. Um, I see in the chat, NC, thank you, Harps. Um, yeah, and then also maybe look out for some stuff from our boy Harps kind of soon. Mm. Um, and then also, too, just wanted to bring up once again, um, everybody to, to sort of thank the people that really make this happen for AM wake up and channels like the new prisoners, um, shout out to all the real producers out there, which is you all listening and supporting this kind of stuff. And these conversations like nature boy and I, and Lisa all just said, this is important to us. This is important to other people out there and bring more people to the dance. Let's do it. Let's get more eyeballs on this kind of stuff. I mean, please like, and share all the TMPs videos. Join the conversation in the comments and in the chat during our live streams. Um, please check out all of our live streams on Rumble and X and follow us on all of your video and audio and social media platforms because you never know when we're going to get kicked off of some of these fucking things or they're just going to stop working or the government's going to go after them. Banks will stop working with them. All kinds of crazy shit. Oh, really quick before I go off, I want to give a shout please. out to uh, out in the chat to uh, Greg Orgy, Orgy Walker. 
Nice name. I'll oh. quote it. We have some informative listeners out there. And he yes. said, Barbara Bush and Crowley were both in Paris back in the day at the same time. Oh. And this is true. And Crowley performed a, a sexual magic rite where yeah. he just, they basically fucked him till exhaustion, right? And they had two women. And at, it, during that time. I've lived um, through experiences like that. I lost weight. Uh, Barbara Bush. Yeah, I wish I did. Um, Barbara Bush's mama, Pauline Pierce, I believe her name, was staying at the same house in Paris while Crowley was doing that. She comes back to the United States, and eight months later, Barbara is born. Now, two ways to look at it. She might have been an innocent angel over there in that house of debauchery and comes back, and her old man ain't seen her, so he fucked the hell out of her, knocked her up, and Barbara came out a month early. It happens. Or the other side is, huh, she was in Paris with Crowley performing a hardcore sexual magic act. Eight months after she comes back, Barbara's born. Hmm, so it begs the question. Barbara, baby, who's your daddy? So shout out to Gregory Orgy out there. Nice, nice comment. Hell yeah. No, I, I, I see Greg in the, the chats all the time. He always has good shit to say. So, um, yeah, thanks thanks for adding that. And I told you there's some smart motherfuckers in these chats. They're out there. They're, they're going to teach us, man. And we, we learn from one another. That, and what makes a good teacher, at least in my opinion, people willing to share information like that will link you to something that you can explore on your own. So I really appreciate people that do that. If you drop links, if you have links to things, if you have pictures like uh, Nate was able to share with me and articles and stuff like that, that'll all be attached to this week's source list on Substack. Um, if you folks aren't familiar with Substack, it's uh, another uh, social media type platform, but it's really uh, unique because it allows folks like ourselves to uh, catalog information um, and the way that I do with the source list, but also put writing out there and also share little clips. So uh, you know, if you want, I'll uh, go on over to Substack and look up number six TMP and subscribe to me there. You'll find a, a copy of this week's source list that's going to have all the articles, pictures, and other things that I can include in there. Now, I have found with Substack, it's kind of hard certain times with links to pictures and everything. So what I'm going to do is, is that I have a backup website that you all can check out. That backup website is going to be um, what we call the TMP document vault. So when it comes to certain pictures, PDFs, and other files of that nature, uh, we have a free platform on Subscribestar that you can just go and subscribe to for free, all right? And that'll give you access to all the different pictures and videos and PDFs that we can post. I even have some pictures here that were sent to me about the, the recent uh, Free World NYC event and stuff like that that I've put up there too just for preservation. So all sorts of things. But Lisa and I also intend to use this for court transcripts. So people that are involved in uh, court battles, like the people we're going to talk to next week with Cynthia. And then also uh, we're going to start looking to work with some other uh, researchers on some different stories too coming up here in the future. I believe in December you should look out for uh, Jack Nuga on uh, Twitter is going to be uh, joining us. Uh, he's going to be talking to us about the Maximus um, company that I brought up on uh, another stream many months ago, but we're finally uh, able to link up with him and get uh, maybe a Sunday set aside uh, that we can uh, link up uh, in December. I think that's going to be early on in December, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, let me find my fucking calendar so I can figure shit out because I don't have that all in my brain. 
yeah, I think uh, Sunday, December third, uh, we'll probably be looking into doing that. But I'll I'll make an announcement next week, um, and then going on in December too. I look out on TMP Live uh, from our friends over at Geopolitics and Empire and Empire, uh, Hervoye. Um, I think I'm saying that sort of right. I'm gonna work on it in between though. But Hervoye, the uh, the host of that show, uh, Geopolitics and Empire along with um, his friend uh, David Navid uh, is going to be joining us. Um, and we're going to be talking about who really runs the world there too. That's going to be a really interesting conversation with those two. Uh, I've checked out uh, other prior uh, conversations with both of them and blown the fuck away by both of them. So cannot wait. But yeah, and then um, I believe Andy Rouse, uh, who uh, has just recently been on AM Wake Up, will be joining us too. Because I, again, I want to look more into this bloodline stuff, Nate, that you and I are into. And that's going to be a fascinating conversation to talk to him about things like the box saga and antiquity, which I know I know more about antiques fucking roadshow than I know about antiquity. Okay, so that'd be, that'd be a good. Con- I'd love to hear that. Fuck that yeah, be, that sounds real fascinating that's what we're looking for here on tmp is this type of conversation so we appreciate everybody being here for it thank you very much for all the support that we've gotten uh from the uh the am wake up crew and the tmp crew um during all of this and our our sort of journey into these topics too it's not just all about the politics of the day it's about history it's about learning it's about understanding what we're dealing with and what we can do about it and i think that am wake up's always been onto something about that about having a free and open platform for people um it's uncensored and also starting to do public meetups man there's nothing more exciting than that um and on that note too before you run nate because i want to keep you all fucking day man even though i could talk to you all day brother i'm good i'm um, good man i'm good Go well on. i want i wanted to bring up this one too that um anarchopolco mm-hmm. is back on Fuck thank god man. Hey, speaking of that, I just got hold of the condo owner down there in Acapulco. Really? Yeah. I I had asked him. I was like, dude, is that unit still available? Because the eye of the the hurricane went right through there. Okay. And fortunately, he says, yeah, man, it only suffered minor damage. It's getting repaired. So it'll be good to go when you come down in February. Oh, that's good news, man. That's really good news for you. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm glad it's still on. Um, we could have a whole conversation and a show on that peculiar weather event that hit Acapulco, the strongest yes. storm to ever hit the Pacific coast. And from what I understand, and I could very well be wrong, there was no rain in the hurricane. Shh. No rain in the hurricane. Hmm. You know what? I, I believe out in this audience, uh, as far as what we're working with here with, both TMP and AM Wake Up, I'm sure we can find a few people that know what they're talking about when it comes to the weather weapons and shit like that. I would love to get some of those people on. Um, and for folks that do want to be a, a guest or come on and contribute to these conversations, get at me. You know, let let me know in the the comments. Or let me know in the chats that you would want to be on the show to talk about some of this stuff because I have no problems with bringing people out of the audience to and giving them a mic, especially when they know a lot more than I do. Like this isn't one of those shows. Like everybody's welcome, especially if they have they have information like that to share with everybody else. So I'll throw that out there too, just as we wrap things up. But yeah, I mean, my uh, what would your final takeaway before I get to my nature boy? Would there be a takeaway from this episode you want people to have? Question everything. Keep listening. 
challenge your beliefs and never, ever get conceited or complacent. Okay. Yeah. Endorsed. <laughs> and and with that too, I mean, my, my final uh, takeaway from this episode is, is that I had a conversation with somebody the other day that doesn't really pay much. Ooh, we have a link already in the chat. Thank you. You beautiful motherfuckers. You beautiful motherfuckers. I have a whole, I, I have a whole bookmarks section just for shit like that. Hell yeah, everybody. All right. So, uh, but yeah, sorry about the quick distraction there. Somebody in the, the uh, rock fan chat dropped a, a link about weather modification. Definitely looking into that. And that's a whole ass special that we should have. But um, yeah, with, uh, with my final takeaway though, uh, the person that I had the conversation with the other day, not being somebody that's really heavily steeped in any conversation like this, but someone that you can have a conversation with mentioned to me, like, what is dystopia? Like just for like a clarification of what their understanding, or maybe clarification of what they thought that my understanding of what dystopia is. And I explained to her that um, dystopia is whenever, at least in my mind, that you ask another entity to do something for you and it spirals out of control. That you you wanted to be safe at the grocery store. You wanted to be able to check in and out and not have problems. But from that, became something that involves both the human condition, uh, some form of sickness that happens with power, and then just also just the aberrations of the creation of man. Like the, the crazy shit that we can come up with that just doesn't flow in the natural world and flows against what should be considered natural. So that's kind of what I gave her as an explanation there. Now, I don't know if that left her anyway. <laughs> Probably not. But just that's what I think of when I think of dystopia. I just think of shit just getting out of control. And I think that conversations like this help put it in perspective so we have a little bit more of an understanding of where this is headed. But Yeah, the world is a mystery. Reality is truly stranger than fiction. And as Bill Hicks says, it's just a ride. That's all. It's just a ride. No doubt. Well, thanks for being on the ride today with us, folks. Um, we're going to head out. Sorry about not a super long overtime today, uh, but uh, we will be joined, I'm sure, by uh, Steve and maybe Chris or Shelly even next week, too, for a little conversation. Shit, it's going to be Black Friday, and holy fuck, we're getting all kinds of great links in the chat. I don't want to see now. I don't want to stop because you all are showing me all these great links that I'm bookmarking for a future weather modification special. So thank you all for being uh, the research team involved in that. Fucking really appreciate it. Also wanted to throw out there too, because I almost forgot because I'm horrible at promoing things. I think I should know better by now. But not only is uh, Saturday Night Anarchy happening on Saturday night, as you could probably tell from the title, uh, 8 p.m. Eastern with our friend Tom Cooper and a whole bunch of great guests each week. But And that's the type of show, too, which is like that's that's our open mic of the fucking week, if anything. Like, jump on that show. The conversation can go anywhere. It's a fun time. Tom is a perfect host, um, and we love having him at TMP. But we are also going to be uh, doing a... Uh, Kennedy assassination 60th anniversary special next Wednesday here on AM wake up. Um, so just letting people know what's going to be going on. 
Um, and then on top of that, too, uh, we're going to have our friend Don Jeffries to talk about the 60th anniversary. And, and that's someone that's uh, written extensively and spent a lot of time of his life, really, um, on that particular subject. And really, any, anybody else that's put in that much time um, on the JFK assassination, I would love to speak to on that. Well, I think it's a very historical day. Not a lot to celebrate, but I'd rather be with friends talking about it, Nate. I mean, what are your thoughts on the 60th coming up? I mean, you've you've probably talked to, I'm just guessing you've probably talked a lot about the JFK assassination in your, your time doing this. Not a lot. Um, I know that the there's a lot of the Lancer conferences are coming up. There's a lot of things going on. Um, I really don't have a lot lot to say about it, except it's just an early example of the hidden hand at work, mm -hmm. and that hidden hand is still working today. The names may be different, but the organizations are still the same. I, you know what. After talking to some of the people I've talked to recently, I, I can I can see exactly why why that needs to be said. I really do. Yeah, it's it's going to be a different day to reflect on on just like what our country means, um, who's in charge of it, what really went down in the 20th century, and all like a lot of the sort of things, and even like the weather manipulation that we talked to that goes back to Kennedy probably before him. But I know that he, I remember seeing something that he was involved in all of that. So in some way. So yeah, it's, it's going to be a great uh, reflection. I think that day, uh, just to talk about those types of things. I'm all, I'm really always <laughs> really interested in getting Steve and Chris's input on those things too. I mean, don't undersell where those guys can take the conversation guys, but yeah, I, I'm looking forward to that, and and if there's anybody out there that uh, you know, especially uh, that have, has done a lot of of research on on that particular thing, like our friend Don Jeffries and others, uh, definitely get at us to be a part of that, or jump in the chat that day, and you know, start sending me some links to things like people just have in the past few moments about the topic that we brought up there too. So, um, yeah, see some people in the chat definitely that uh, should be there for that conversation, no doubt, but. All right, guys, let's let's do the thing. Let's shut her down. Um, but it's been great being here on a Friday at AM Wake Up and always with uh, my folks over at TMP. Um, subscribe to TMP wherever you can find us. Look out for Saturday Night Anarchy tomorrow night with uh, Tom Cooper. Who knows who you might see there? You might see myself. I know, Nate, you've been on that program before, so we love having you there too. Um, it's a great hang, especially on a Saturday night when you can just be in an uncensored platform and talk about what you want. Um, who knows where it can go from there and then make sure really to go and support our friends over at am wake up you can go to am wake up uh, show.com so am wake up show all one word.com you can find different ways there to support them um, shout out to our friend miriam hanin uh, who's been on the show in the past for that update about anarchapoco and then shout out to the listener who sent me all that information um you know concerning uh, kathy fox's article and all the stuff, according, you know, with the bloodlines, we're definitely going to be using that and probably more of her work and other people's work to kind of reference things like this as we go forward. So, yeah, always much appreciated there, too. So, but until we meet again and until we are free, we are the new prisoners. <laughs>